Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. If you are a longtime listener to the Integrative Thoughts podcast, you know how often I stress the importance of detoxification. I believe that heavy metals such as mercury and aluminum, along with environmental pollutants like mold, plastics, and pesticides, are at the root cause of every dysfunction and chronic illness in the modern era. That's why I recommend ZeoCharge. ZeoCharge is 100% natural zeolite that does not contain any fillers, binders, or additives. ZeoCharge has not been shown to bind to any of your beneficial minerals or other nutrients. I take two tablespoons of ZeoCharge with filtered water every single day about an hour after breakfast. It is my go-to for detoxification support that I believe can assist any and every healing protocol on the market. If you would like to try out ZeoCharge, go to the link in my show notes and use code ITP for 10% off your entire order. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. And once again, another show on, you guessed it, heavy metals and minerals and their interactions. And this is coming from a different perspective. We have Jeff Lyon on. He is the creative director of the OligoScan, which is a device that I've been using over the past like seven or eight months to try to compare and contrast, see if I can find any um, thing that's kind of similar between that and my HTMA. Now, I like to provide a nutritional supplementation program based off the HTMA better, but the Oligo scan is measuring some different parameters in which we get into in the show. Now, I think this is an important show because Jeff grew up in a very healthy household. His family was the founders of Douglas Laboratories. They're old school, really high quality nutritional supplements. And he would get bundles of supplements under the Christmas tree, you know, just whenever he needed them. He always had health on hand. Fast forward, he went to college like everybody else. He's partying, he's having fun, he's being young, no judgment there. But then circle around to his oligo scan and he had all of these heavy metals. So it's really just important to show the ubiquity of the metals in the environment. Nobody's safe. You aren't really just going to get rid of these things by accident. We all have mineral deficiencies and we all end up accumulating these heavy metals. And I think they are the core problem and the health and toxicity in society today. They're really hard to get out of the body. They take years of protocols and changing protocols and diets. So this episode's awesome. The OligoScan's really dope. It's a cool, simple, easy test. Um, not very expensive. I think 
practitioner charging between like 150 and 200 for a test and you get the results immediately. So no waiting. You do usually have to go into a clinic or something to get the test done, but very simple, very cost effective and very fast. So enjoy this show all about metals, minerals, and the OligoScan. Jeff, welcome to the show. How's it going? Going well, Matt. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat with you today and go over all things health. Yeah, man. You seemed like a uh, wealth of knowledge when I uh, linked up with you at the show. I um, was texting our good buddy, Jeff Hoyt, which I've had on the show already. Uh, I know you're a fan of him as well. And I was yeah. like, all right, I'm going to go over to the OligoScan booth. And he's like, oh, yeah, go go chat with Jeff. He'll be there. And I was like, okay, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff telling me to go chat with the other Jeff. And then we were super busy, though, man. You guys look like you were killing it out there. Seemed like a lot of people were interested in the products. Yeah, we were. Um, we were jam-packed almost all three days. Um, when Dr. Mercola shouted me out, we definitely got a heavy influx of people <laughs> that came by the booth. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great, man. We tested, I think, over I think 115 people that weekend. So I was glad that I had a helper with me that could do tests because, yeah, we had a lot of people at the booth. It was good. Yeah, that's a lot for three days. And then to like explain it to each person as well. Obviously, you didn't just like yeah. send them on their way. I'm assuming you like explained it to them as well. Yeah, I, I I almost have to like, it's funny because um, my girlfriend was like yelling at me like, you're, you're talking too much with people, like you got to just get them out. But like, I can't scan somebody and then like not tell them what, what they're looking at. So I usually like would give them like, I'd run through the test with them real quick and kind of explain like what you're looking at here. And then I was connecting with a lot of them um, after the show in the next couple of weeks and just did a phone call. So, but yeah, I like to give people an understanding of like, all right, you got the test, like what, what are we looking at here? Because that's important, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had to call, like I asked you, we, we jumped on a phone call, I was asking questions, and obviously that was even after I'd already asked our other buddy, Jeff Hoyt's questions, and because I've done like yeah. seven or eight tests now, um, and so it's like, you know, in, and I kind of know a lot of this stuff, for, so for the average person who doesn't know much about minerals yeah. or anything, they definitely are going to have questions for sure. Yeah, and you know, it's it's like I'm learning too, I'm, I've been doing this for eight years now. I've scanned over a thousand people. So a lot of it's like learning, um, you know, I'm, I'm the guinea pig for myself. So I'm constantly doing tests and learning and how things are adjusting, how particular minerals are decreasing and metals are increasing and why. And there's a lot of factors, so it gets really complex, but um, I can, you know, I'm, I'm a forever student. I'm continuing to learn and, um, you know, expand on some of these patterns that I'm seeing. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, before we get into the scan, I want to uh, dive yeah. back into your background. And I know you kind of have a unique kind of upbringing with, uh, I believe it was your father who was owned Douglas Labs, right? Why don't you tell us how that how that was and how that impacted you? Yeah. So my grandfather uh, started HVL, um, which evolved into Douglas Labs back in the late 70s. Um, and my, my dad and my uh, godfather, his brother, um, basically grew the company from the ground up. Um, so they, they were at Douglas Labs for 38 years, I want to say. Um, so I've been around this stuff my whole life. Um, I mean, my dad used to bring home, you know, boxes of vitamins and, you know, our, our, our pantry was like full of vitamins. So, you know, under the Christmas tree when I was 16, my uncle gave me like boxes of like uh, Gakic, creatine, all these muscle tech supplements <laughs> because um, Douglas was a manufacturer for uh, hydroxycut and muscle tech. So I've been around this my whole life. Um, it's it's been pretty. I've been pretty blessed to you know have my father to you know share a lot of this information that the public really doesn't get. Um, and you know over the course of his span at Douglas, he met all kinds of different doctors and uh, clinics, and you know he was able to you know basically relay that information to me. So I was learning constantly since I was a kid. Um, you know our library at home has 
just like you know all health books so i would constantly just pick up books and read um, but a lot of it's been experience for my dad which i'm grateful for um, so yeah they they ran douglas until i think 2009 um, they sold it to nestle and um, my dad basically worked there for like a couple couple weeks and was like yeah i can't work for these guys so he <laughs> he he left the company um and he had a two-year non-compete and my dad started douglas labs really in europe so he he was in charge of international sales. So the whole world besides the US, and my uncle was more in the US. So my dad had a lot of exposure in Europe and would constantly travel to Europe. Um, so that's where he fa- he met the founder of OligoScan and they hit it off. My dad just you know was done with Douglas and uh, that's pretty much how he got into OligoScan. Um, and then my dad's been with, you know, running OligoScan for the past 12 years, um, I believe in 38 different countries across the US or across the world. Oh, that's awesome. So when Douglas switched over to Nestle, was it the typical like conglomerate people? They start using cheap ingredients. They want to switch formulas. They don't really worry about like the, you know, the quality of the ingredients. They just kind of want to make money. Is that what happened? Yeah, man. I mean, I wasn't there. You know, I, I, it's kind of over my head, but a lot of, that's a lot of what my dad told me they do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these private equity companies go in and buy these supplement companies and, you know, they just basically like fire a bunch of people, you know, cut their costs so they can increase their profit. And, you know, you're left with a sub quality ingredient, which is really a shame because, you know, they built that brand on quality ingredients and they would really only sell to practitioners. So now it's the whole landscape's changed in the supplement industry. Um, you know, a lot of consumers just want the ability to buy it on Amazon or, or buy it direct. Um, they don't want to go to a practitioner or a doctor. So the models really changed from when Douglas was incept- you know, the inception of Douglas. Um, but yeah, I, I think to answer your question, a lot of that has happened and it's, you know, it's upsetting, but it creates new opportunities for other companies to come in, um, and, you know, offer something that's, that's, you know, quality. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You, you can't blame like, you know, someone who builds like a mega company for wanting to, you know, to sell and to move on and try something different and get a good payout. And, but you see it with just so many brands as far as like, you gotta be crazy, like diligent, even with like, you think you have like this good health food brand, you're buying, you know, primal kitchen or whatever. And then, you know, after primal kitchen even got sold out, it didn't look like they changed very much. It looked like, you know, whatever, they had in place because I still buy the primal kitchens. I always look at them like every time, make sure nothing changed. Yeah. But you know, I was using, uh, I can't even remember what kind of deodorant I was using. And I remember like, it was like a, like a switch went off. I was like, this just feels different. And, and I'm like yeah. sweating and I didn't used to. And, um, it was a big brand that like all the, you know, health people were promoting for a while. I forgot the name of it, but like I looked and the ingredients were completely different, yeah. you know, just, and then they started having all these different, like, uh, they used to have like four different like scents and then they had like 20. So you could just tell that like something changed and it happens all the time. And then the consumer on the back end still thinks they're getting this like high quality product and they're really not. I know it's really, it's really shocking. It's not good. I mean, I just found out today that uh, Unilever bought on it. It's a local Austin. I think Aubrey Marcus is Joe Rogan's brand of on it. They have like, you know, mm-hmm. alpha brain or whatever. Um, Unilever bought them. So it's like, it's happening all the time. I mean, you're seeing, I think pure encapsulations. I think a lot of these companies are getting bought out. So garden of life. So yeah, it just makes it a little bit more difficult for the consumer to navigate. But you know, a lot of times that you see this happening, you know, they're going to use a lot of the, the fillers like the mag steroid and um, it definitely affects the product. Well, I think it depends on each case, but yeah, it makes it more difficult to to navigate for sure. 
Yeah, the the fillers and stuff are crazy, and people don't realize that. That's why uh, what our supplement company that we just launched is is, you know, the mineral balancing supplements really work because the ratios that Dr. Paul Eck, the like original founder, like one of the godfathers of HTMA, he really. God has these specific ratios that move the needle really, really well, but then he's been passed away since the 90s. So his family or no one has really kept those supplements like upgraded throughout time. So the ratios yeah. are amazing, but the fillers and the coatings on the tablets and the forms are just really outdated. And so that's really what we're yeah. working to do with that because a lot of people now with just like this podcast or any podcast you want to listen to, they understand that these extra ingredients, are just, you know, there's just way better stuff we can use, but the, the big corporations, they don't care about that. They just want, if it's cheap, pump, pump it out. And if it's already selling, but it's deceiving because no one really knows that it happens. And that's what the sad part is. Yeah. And another little dirty little secret in the industry, in the supplement industry is that a lot of times like these herbs that you'll get from like, you know, Asia or where, wherever, um, they have to meet certain grass standards, right? And to, to meet those standards, they have to be low in, a partic in, in, um, in bacteria and fungi, I guess. So a lot of times they'll irradiate the raw ingredient to basically neutralize or kill off any of the microbes to pass that grass standard. So it really makes you think like some like the best example for this is like when you go to Whole Foods and you're buying spices, you'll see in some of the spices, you'll see on the label, it'll say non-irradiated, irradiated. And that's basically telling you that they're non-irradiated. They're not nuke, they're not nuking them. It's like almost putting it in a microwave to kill all the microbes, but you need some of the good microbes, right? You need the energetic <laughs> properties behind this raw ingredient. So it's like how many companies are irradiating their raw ingredients to meet grass standards, right? So it's, it's like the wild, wild west, man. Um, it's, you really got to trust the, 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 you got to really trust the brand of the company. Um, I really like buying supplements from smaller companies, not these big conglomerates, just because I think that I can trust, you know, a smaller company than a, a big mega corporation. Um, but yeah, it, it does get, it does get complex. Yeah, I, th I think like some companies are waking up to it. Like I think I I uh, heard, either heard on a podcast or seen a post or something from Aubrey Marcus. We'll use that as an example since you brought it up. Is where he really worked with the people um, who who bought him out to make yep. sure that like the quality stayed there, the supplements didn't get changed because he had you know that's basically still an extension of him whether he sells it or not the people who are buying it are entrusted in rogan and aubrey so i think he did that i think epic foods is another one who either yeah. had some kind of contract in place where um the beef jerky and stuff couldn't be like the sourcing still had to be there so i think there's certain companies who have really high standards are starting to like, Hey, I want to sell out yeah. of this thing, but I want to make sure like we're basically not doing what we're talking about. And, and my, yeah. my clientele and customer base that I've built still gets a quality product, even though I do this payout. So I think it's shifting a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But for the most part, you still got to do a lot of due diligence and <laughs> pay attention. You know, that's what, you know, I like that Instagram. Sometimes you'll see, some of these influencers say, Hey, whatever, you know, uh, you know, Bragg's apple cider vinegar got bought out or this or that. And you'll go, yeah. shit. Okay. Let me check that before I buy that next time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It does. You do get little, you know, key wisdom from Instagram every now and then about the Bragg thing. I saw that. I was like, wow, it makes sense. Yeah. But I think it's also just a reminder too. It's like these supplements are supplements, right? They're not like replacing food. 
Um, and that's, that's something that I really kind of try to keep in mind a lot of times. It's like, got to make sure that you're getting your, your, your food and that the supplements are just that a supplement, you know, not a replacement. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. The diet is the foundation. And then I do think the, you know, soil is depleted quite a bit and stuff. And that's why I like to do a lot of the mineral supplementation. And then, you know, yeah. I try a lot of this other biohack fringe supplements because I kind of am a journalist for yeah. this show a little bit. So I got to have something yeah. to talk about. So, you know, I stick it. <laughs> yeah. You do NAD suppositories and methylene blue here and there and weird shit. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's part of it yeah you got to experiment you know i mean mm -hmm. I, I like being the guinea pig of trying things and seeing what works and what doesn't work and the only way to do that is to, to try it yourself so i agree and i you know having said that it's like and we can get into this with uh, the oligo scam but um you know it's like supplements you know you wouldn't maybe you wouldn't need them like 50 years ago right but as you mentioned like the soil's depleted right we have this not only that but we have this overabundance of metals that are coming in in our day-to-day so it's like, even if you're eating a healthy, you know, a healthy food routine every day, supplements are giving us some kind of benefit because we're not getting it in the food because the soil is depleted. So it's like, I, I try to, I try to keep like the, the, the pendulum kind of balanced in that my thinking of there, it's like, we don't want to rely on them, but they also are extremely beneficial and they really can help us assist in stage one, stage two detox. So I think it's just a balancing act, but um, we can talk about some of the ones that I really like and that I've seen in the Oligo scan. But yeah, I think it's just a balance like everything. Yeah, for sure. Before we get into the scan, did you kind of always, you know, just from growing up that way, did you think you were going to be in the health space forever or did you have like some different dreams and then you kind of just still swung back this way? Uh, I think in the back of my head, I always wanted to be in this space. I kind of always knew that. Um, I've always been into health and fitness. I mean, I was pretty scrawny in high school and I didn't really hit my, I didn't really hit like, like I didn't really get big puberty, whatever, until like junior, senior year of high school. So I was kind of a late bloomer. Um, and I started lifting a lot of weights and I was really into like supplements, like more on the health side. Um, but I went to college and then I, I had a finance degree, entrepreneurship minor. So I thought I wanted to go do investment banking. That didn't work out. Um, and I went in, I wanted to go into the real world and get business experience. Um, so I moved to New York City and I was moving freight across the world uh, for a startup at the time called Flexport. So I was moving freight across the world. I really loved it. I did it for three, four years. And I was loving my life. I was making good money. Uh, I was having a blast with it. It was really fun. You know, I was managing a team of 12 people and I was moving, you know, freight for, I think, 32 companies my last year. So it was a blast, but I was burned out. And I pretty much realized that like this path was like gonna, you know, I was not gonna be healthy in this path. So um, I went to, I, I booked a, during in the freight industry, there's a 10 day period in time. It's called Chinese New Year. It's where China shuts down. So all shipping, it's like the time to take a vacation if you're in the shipping industry. So I took those 10 days and I went to Peru. I went to um, Spirit Quest and did ayahuasca for 10 days. And that, that my connection with nature and with the medicine down there in the jungle was like the turning point in my life of like, it, it basically like woke me up to the fact that like I needed to start doing something that was more fulfilling and also take care of my body. So that was like the catalyst that really, that really sparked the like, okay, it's time to like do what you were meant to do and get into that, you know, go back into the health industry with your dad and, and start making a difference in people's life. So the first step of that was, you know, getting myself, myself healthy from, you know, four years of living in New York City <laughs> in college prior. 
Um, and then, you know, once I did that, I was really able to talk about the Oligo scan because I had self-experience with it. Yeah, that's, um, psychedelics are powerful. They, they changed my life. I used to be, you know, addicted to drugs and party and do pharmaceutical yeah. drugs and smoke weed yeah. all day. And you know, I got into, um, some Tim Ferriss podcasts and stuff and tried some psychedelics. And then now I'm a combo practitioner. I've done a bunch yeah. of mushroom Dude, nice. ceremonies and stuff. I mean, it's crazy how much they can change the entire trajectory of your life. I, 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 you know, I speak about them a lot on the show. Well, dude, I, I think when we first met, you told me you were a combo practitioner and I was, I, I, th I remember I was like, dude, like combo out of all the psychedelics is like one of my favorites and I've done most of them. Um, but I just really have such high reverence for that medicine. And, um, I, I love it how, like, I love it how it's short, you know, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, but and I like it how the first half of it is really tough. I mean, it's intense. It's like just, you know, the medicine's just going through your whole body. It's, at least for me, it just drains me. But then after it's done, it's just like you're like, re I mean, not reborn, but it's just almost kind of like you have your energy back and it's just a different perspective on, um, on your life. It's, it's really, I love that medicine. It's really yeah. profound. You can just feel very, very calm and balanced if you, it's, it's, it's tough, but I, I try to tell people you can do most anything for 20, 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Just yeah. power through it. You, you don't have to do much. You just, once I put it on, it's going to work. You're going to, you're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to, you're yeah. going to purge and you just kind of just got to sit with it. And it's a, it's a real lesson and just kind of sitting in discomfort for sure. It's, you know, yeah. it's really high up there, but the peptides in it are very unique. You know, the yeah. um, psychedelics themselves, they work more, you know, on kind of like the emotional, spiritual aspect. And you can get a little bit of that from combo, but the uh, peptides contained in the combo I always talk about are really magical. And there's lots of them that work with, you know, antiparasitic and antifungal yeah. and, you know, candida. And, uh, you know, some people will even say heavy metals, which I still had a lot of heavy metals, even though I did a lot of combo. So I think I'm not sure if they're really getting really deep within like the brain tissue and stuff like yeah. that, but it's probably surface level, maybe remove some from the liver or kidneys yeah. or the organs, you know, maybe get some yeah. out for sure. It's definitely good for mold. So, I mean, that physical body healing is equally as important as the spiritual component. And that's where I think some of the people who do ayahuasca and, you know, all of the kind of plant medicines and stuff, they're really, really like I've hyper focused on just emotional like yep. capability and emotional healing. And I, and I feel like they are always looking for like another breakthrough or another coach or another psychedelic. And it's like, dude, you might want to take a step back and just focus on your physical aspects as well. Detoxification, you know, finding what diet's right for you. And yep. then a lot of the emotional stuff kind of clicks because once you start to get a lot of these metals out of the way, you don't yep. have mold, you don't have chronic infections, all of that emotional work you've done from the plant medicines actually Actually works a lot better because if you do the plant medicines, but then you still have mercury toxicity or aluminum in your yeah. brain, it's kind of hard. You're still going to feel that way once the medicine, you know, gets out of your system. So you're going to have this like honeymoon period basically where you did the ayahuasca or you did the mushrooms and you feel great for, you know, three, four days, a week or two. But then yep. once that wears off and you still have the aluminum in your brain, now you're back to, you know, square one or maybe worse. Cause I talk yeah. about this on the show is, if you have all this toxicity and then you open up the floodgates of the psychedelic medicine 
And now you see how you're supposed to act in the world, how you're supposed to show up. But then once the medicine wears off and you go right back into burnout and you can't act on what you've just learned, that's actually more depressing than if you had have never done the psychedelic ceremony in the first place because you don't know what you don't know. So I try to tell people to do the mineral balancing, to do the detox, get your diet and stuff right, and then explore psychedelics, you know. But sometimes people are really in a rut and in a deep place, kind of like I was, that are, they're addicted to something and they can't get out of it that is maybe a good time for like where you just need an intervention where the psychedelics can play their part but if you're already kind of healthy doing the right things i would say definitely focus on some detox and things like that and then go into a plant medicine ceremony where it'll have longer lasting effects yeah i think yeah exactly uh couldn't agree more I think it really comes down to your intention, you know, before you do each of these medicines. And I think everybody comes in with a different uh, perspective and different situation. So I think it's really about that. Um, I think that's how the medicines truly work through us is our intention beforehand and being strong on that. Um, with the combo, yeah, I mean, I've, I ha- I've had some serious purges. Like one time I purged out like blue and like lime <laughs> green. So it was clear bile. And, you know, I was like, dang, this is definitely getting rid of something. So I don't know, maybe it wasn't metals, maybe it was some, something else, parasite, who knows? Like maybe it was, maybe it was just chemicals, you know? Mm-hmm. But the, for me, the physical aspect of the purge for combo was great. But I also really liked how, like, it kind of helped me remove a lot of mental blocks, a lot of mental patterns. You know, we get into these mental day-to-days and for me, the combo really helped with that. But yeah, I, I think psychedelics are absolutely a tool if you don't abuse them. You know, you got to have a good intention. And you know, my one of my uh, one of my spiritual mentors that was my facilitator at Spirit Quest in Peru, he told me that you know it's like you do the medicine, right? And then like it, it, you, the lessons keep coming. It's not just like the the next week. It's like the next week, the next couple months, the next year. Like the integration lasts longer than just the day after. It's like it, it continues to grow. So as long as you can be open to that, um, I think it'll play a role in your life for sure. Yeah, honestly, I always say like the whole experience is is really cool, and then you come down and you journal and whatever it is that you do to kind of help integrate or you know come come back down into reality. But I, I I start to notice the benefits like a month and two later for sure. Like I start to notice like you know just convert you know different kind of conversations with my wife or with you know people yeah. out in the in the real world when you're talking to yeah. the lady at the corner store when you're getting gas. You're just like man, I was a lot nicer. Like you know you start to realize yeah. like patterns, and that comes over months so like the experience is cool but you're right the 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 things you start to notice and the patterns that that you can change and that you have the ability to change i feel like back when i used to kind of just like party and be a dick like i would just like i would never even think about that a situation like that ever again but then when i started getting into psychedelics even with microdosing you're like damn i was kind of a dick like maybe i shouldn't have maybe i shouldn't have fucking treated that random person that way like for no reason you know so it's interesting the psychedelics they definitely have a change in perspective yeah mind body soul i mean it's a combination of all all three and everybody's at a different place you know so i think that they are just a really good tool to help you know get you to where you need to be and realize where you need to be and what's what's not you know where you're not showing up at and, and so forth but yeah, man. I mean, I'm forever grateful for ayahuasca. That was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. Um, it was like my wake up call, man. I mean, it was profound. I mean, just going from living in New York City for three three years, then spending 10 days in the jungle. Um, it was just like, it was the wake up call that I needed. And then also, you know, having that, that my interaction with, you know, 
mother ayahuasca in the surrounding environment. I mean, it was just profound, man. I mean, it's like, for me, it was like the rite of passage I never had. And I really needed it. You know, I really, I really, I was lost. I was doing drugs every weekend in New York City. I was, you know, burning myself out. I was focused on artificial materialistic relationships. And that was the catalyst of my life that got me to understand and realize that I need to be living in, a, in, in relation to nature and taking care of my body. And from, yeah, so from that point to this moment in time, um, it's been an absolute journey. And it's funny because it's, you know, I think that was the catalyst for getting me into hunting and what I've really been focusing on the past couple of years. Um, it's just ironic that like going down to Peru and, you know, not eating meat for 10 days was <laughs> the reason that now I'm a hunter. It's really interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to get into the hunting stuff later for sure. So yeah. after you do this uh, spiritual ceremony for 10 days, um, do you just kind of come back and call your dad and like, I'm, I'm quitting, my, <laughs> quitting my job or what happened? No, so I got back and the next two weeks at the, at the job, it's funny because like I was in Peru, um, end of January, Kobe Bryant died when I was there and mm. COVID, COVID just was like starting. So I got back to New York, COVID, this whole hype with COVID was just getting started. So everybody was kind of like, people were panicking. It was just this whole mess. Um, but that next month, dude, it, like every, each week went by and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I, my heart was just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, there was also some upper level management shifts in the company. So, you know, I was like number, I ended up, I ended uh, my last year, I was number two. Uh, number two sales account executive in New York City. Um, I mean, I, I had a killer year, 125% to quota. Um, and they brought in some upper level management and me and this guy just did not mix. Like I can't be, I can't be micromanaged. You know, I need to be able to just do me. And they started micromanaging me and it was just this perfect storm of like that. And um, yeah, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. So uh, I basically quit after a month, I think. I think it was like, four weeks after I got back, uh, quit my job, COVID happened. So everybody like, you know, I actually, I actually signed up for a biomagnetism course the week that I, after I quit. And so I, I, it was in New Jersey. So it was just across the river. And, um, I took this biomagnetism course thinking like, all right, it's time for a new beginning. Like I'm going to really dive into the health area. And I took this course and, oh my God, it was amazing. It was a group of probably like 20, practitioners from all across the country and there was this Dr. Garcia and he, he, he taught us about uh, magnets, biomagnetism and the relation to the body. So it was like a, it was like a seven day course. Long story short, um, like the fifth day in, everybody was like, this is like the heat of COVID. Everybody was like, we didn't know if we were going to be able to get out of New York City. So like it, it was just crazy, man. Like it was nuts. So like the course ended and like it was kind of getting bad. So I flew back to Pittsburgh and I left my stuff in New York and uh, you know, it was like lockdown for like, I don't know, two, three months. So I, I was back in Pittsburgh, just kind of regrouping, getting my, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do next. But um, yeah, I took basically a year to kind of find out my way. I wasn't sure I wanted to go right to a Lego scan um, or not. I was also in a relationship doing long distance. It was just a little bit messy. So I, I took about a year and a half to really figure out my way. Um, and I was working for my dad after that year, um, just slightly. I wasn't like I am now with a Lego scan, but um, it's funny. I actually moved to Austin, Texas for, I found this, um, I, I got it. I, I, so the whole story is I 
I, I started the carnivore diet. I read the carnivore code. And I did it for a while book, too. I read the carnivore code. I was with my ex-girlfriend in, in California, in San Diego. I, I picked up this carnivore code. I read it. And it, I, it's just like a light bulb went off for me. I was just like, this makes sense to everything that I've, this resonates to everything that I've ever thought in my entire life. So I pretty much, after I read that book, I did carnivore diet for 30 days. And man, I mean, I got down to like 6% body fat. I was, I felt the healthiest I've ever felt. Brain fog completely gone. And that was like the first step in my, in my journey. I was like, okay, this worked for me. So now I want to take it to the next step. And I want to get into, I want to actually, you know, source the best quality meat that I can. So, you know, then I started to have relate, you know, go to these farms and ranchers and build a relationship with these farms and ranchers. Long story short, then I basically was like, all right, I want to take it one step further. I want to get into hunting. So I uh, booked this trip with Monsel Denton Sacred Hunting. And um, it's funny that the trip actually got canceled because of the snowstorm here in Austin. So that didn't work out, but I saw that he was hiring. So I moved to Austin. I, I applied for this job. I got it. Um, moved to Austin. And that's actually what brought me here is the sacred hunting job. Um, and I worked for him for about two months and went to Hawaii, did my first hunt. And my mom was like, why don't you just stay over there and find a ranch and work on it? So that's what I did. I, I actually moved to Hawaii for about two months and worked on this ranch. I was hunting wild rams on this 800-acre ranch six miles up in, on the island, of the big island, the Kona coast. And I was hunting every day. It was like a dream job. And I was learning to process the animals and whatnot. And um, it was really amazing. But after about two months, I realized like, you know, this is great, but I'm not like, I'm not helping people. I'm not like fulfilling my, my mission. Um, so I decided to move back. And that's really when I started working with the legal scan of my father, um, like consistently. And I was all in at that point. Yeah, that's a dope journey. Talk about a parallel yeah. universe of like coming from the jungle and doing medicines and then literally going back to one of the busiest cities in the world, New York, and it being COVID, everyone in a frenzy from government overreach. That's would actually be kind of wild to like have my eyes opened during psychedelic ceremony and then co come back and it was COVID. And then I was in New York City, one of the biggest yeah. lockdowns. That would be insane. I wouldn't even know how I would yeah. have dealt with that. And also just like, you know, having this like this like job and living in an apartment, you know, and then going to the jungle, experiencing all that, then coming back to the concrete jungle. And it's like, what am I doing here? Like, this is not me. Like this, it was, it was like just such a wake up call, man. It was also actually really hard because like I go to bed at night and I was just like, what am I doing here? But it was like, it was like, I, I it was like a glitch in the matrix. I was like, I saw like the most pure way to live in relation, in harmony with nature. And then I come back to New York and I was just like disgusted. So it really took me like, honestly, it took me like two years to really, I was lost. I mean, I just came back and quit my job, like zero income then, you know, like <laughs> I had to find my way and it was stressful. I was like back and forth. I didn't know anything that I know now about a legal scan. I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't testing people like I am now. So I didn't have any of this data. I didn't have any of this research. So it was, I took, you know, I took the leap of faith, but I knew in my heart that I had to take it. Like I knew that like tomorrow was uncertain, but if I don't do this now, I'm going to be here forever and I got to do it now. So it was like the leap of faith that I needed. Yeah, that's dope. So let's get into the Oligo scan. I chatted about it a little bit with Jeff. Uh, what exactly is the Oligo scan? Yeah. So 
basically we're using spectrophotometry to measure the bioavailability of elements in the tissue of the skin. So uh, the, the compatible spectrophotometer, right? Um, spectrophotometry has been used across all different industries. Um, basically it's, you know, we're using the, the full visible light spectrum. So from 200 to 800 nanometers, and we're shining that light 0.4 millimeters, the dermis of the skin. Technically, we're measuring three things. We're measuring the blood, we're measuring the interstitial space, and we're measuring the small capillaries in the cells. So every mineral and metal is an element. Every element has a different atomic emission spectra on the periodic table of elements. So every element not only has a different color or shade of color, but they reflect and absorb light differently based on their properties. So what we're doing is we're shining light into the dermis of the skin to measure how much of that particular element is, is, is in the tissue. So we're not measuring, you know, a blood test is measuring what's in circulation, right? It's the transitory system. Blood tests can, can fluctuate, right? Time of day, what you've eaten, how much sleep, um, you know, it depends, right? It's gonna fluctuate. Um, a hair test is measuring what the body's excreting in the past three months via the hair. It's not the major excretion pathway for metals, right? The, the four major excretion pathways for metals on the, on the body are the underarms, the, the hand, the feet, and the scalp, okay? There's also stage one, stage two detox via the liver, so that's internal um, detoxification, right? Um, and then you got the urine test, right? You can either do provoked or unprovoked, and you know we're challenging the body to release metals when given a chelator like a DMPS EDTA. So all these different tests are, are different. They're all looking at different things. It's not to say that one is better than the other. Um, the oligo scan is just looking at a different picture. It's, it's looking at the tissue. It's looking at what has accumulated in the, in the tissue of the body over the course of your life. Um, you know, it's not a replacement test, but it's giving us different insight into a different angle of the body. So you know, my personal opinion is I, th I think we care more about what the body is holding on to versus what it's releasing. Because the more metal that you're excreting in your hair, the well, let me, let me say this. If you find very little metal in the hair, right, that could mean that you're holding on to more metal in the tissue or the organs. Um, so it, it's really, it gets complex when you think about these things. Um, but yeah, it's a different perspective. And we're really, like I said, we're using light to measure the bioavailability. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I, I try to tell people because um, I have a lot of shows on mineral balancing and HDMA. It's like a, a little movement of those metals when when they were what we call poor eliminators in the beginning. A small movement in the hair is actually kind of massive because what we're trying to yeah. give liver support. We're talking about enemas, saunas. Yeah. We're trying to excrete it through the skin, through the liver, through the kidneys. Yeah. Like that's where we want it to go. So if you see a little bump in something, that's actually like a big movement because not all of it is coming out in the hair. It's actually yeah. most of it's not coming out in the hair. And so it's like if you do. See see a big jump in the hair you know you really went through like a massive dump like I had a huge aluminum dump and some nickel I mean my brain fog was insane like it was crazy like it yeah. really jumped up and then so when you have those mega dumps that means like you moved a lot out you know through the bowels through the enemas through the saunas and then it still was a lot coming out in your hair so you're right and I like I've had both tests I like building a mineral protocol for somebody off of a hair yeah. test more than the oligo scan but I like yeah. the oligo scan for different reasons that we're definitely going to get into for sure yeah um another thing that i'll say too is that like you know we're, we're measuring the hand the hand tissue right 
we're not measuring the brain. We're not measuring the liver, the kidney, the heart. The only way to do that is going to be to actually take a biopsy of that tissue. You know, I don't think anybody's going to sign up for that. It's extremely invasive and, you know, <laughs> you don't want to go in there and get tissue of that organ. Um, but measuring the hand tissue, we use the hand because it's the only place in the body that the pigment is the same across all races and ethnicities. It's also a major excretion pathway. So when we sweat, you know, the, the underarm, the, the hand, the foot, and the scalp, those are the four places that we excrete metals primarily. Um, you can also test the bottom of the foot. Um, I usually don't because A, it's usually more calloused, and B, it's usually dirtier. But a lot of, some practitioners out there will do the foot. Um, I've done experiments where I've tested my foot and my hand, and it's almost 95% the same. Sometimes the metals will be slightly higher in the foot. Uh, I think that makes sense because of gravity. And I actually did an experiment with um, a major difference. They're the foot, Ionic Foot Bath Company. Um, this was like last year. I was super excited. I was like, all right, I'm going to prove if this thing works or not. And I did a foot bath. They, uh, we did a little experiment. I sent them an Oligo scan. They sent me a foot bath. And I literally did a foot bath for a month straight. And I Oligo scanned myself after every five days. And... It was really, and I was doing my hand and my foot. So again, 95% the same, but after a month of the foot bath, my, my aluminum and my cadmium did significantly decrease by 25%. Um, so I, I did like it. I, 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 think, I think it's a solid test. I also really liked it, how it made me feel. Um, but yeah, I just say that because like, usually the hand and the foot are, are identical. And um, it's interesting too, because as we start, and we'll talk about this, but as we start measuring um, somebody's hand who's had a dental amalgam filling, right, their mercury will be high. I'm testing the hand tissue. I'm not testing their mouth, yet their mercury is still high. So to me, it's, it's proof that the cells are communicating with one another. And this is an intracellular test. We're measuring what's getting into the cell. The light has to penetrate at least one cell membrane. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to get a result. So for me, it's like, the hand and the foot should be pretty similar because we're measuring intracellular levels. So it's really fascinating. Yeah, no, I obviously that's been, I think one of my biggest medals for sure. And I had like eight amalgams growing up and I had them randomly removed, not the proper way. Like I just went yeah. to the regular dent. I don't even know, you know, most dentists just keep them in there. But like when I was in high school, I had had these like eight amalgam fillings for like probably a decade or, you know, whatever, since I was a little kid. And, yeah. um, they just were like, Hey, we don't use these anymore. And they just drilled them out, which now looking back is like probably made my uh, toxicity worse because if you go to like one of these, uh, IAOMT or biological dentists, they'll have a vacuum. They'll have all kinds of procedures yeah. that they do so that you don't absorb all that mercury that they're drilling out. But I didn't know anything. I was just like, cool. I'd rather not have silver in my mouth. I'd rather, rather it be white. So it looked better. I was, that's all I was worried about being 17 or whatever. So yeah. it's crazy, but yeah, I've had a lot of mercury on my hair test and on my oligo scan for sure that I can definitely probably, I mean, sure some probably some you know i would eat cans of tuna in college and stuff i'm sure there's other sources yeah. but i do think that the fillings they go right into the brain and they kind of shut they shut you down fast yeah man it's when i see the mercury high nine out of ten times the person tells me they've had an amalgam filling and mercury hmm. is it's extremely insidious it's probably the most toxic metal um and it's i believe it's hydrophilic so it goes right to the fat um 
you know, I, you know, a lot of practitioners and clinics will ask me like, what are, what are people taking for mercury? How do they get this out? And it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to chelate. It's hard. It's hard to get the body to release it. And I talked to Jeff, um, talked to Jeff Wood about this and it's like the body's only going to release it if it wants to release it. You know, you can't like put a gun to the body and say, release it right now. Like sometimes the body's holding on to it because if it does release it, it's going to cause you more harm and distress in the process. So it's like, you got to kind of keep that in mind. It's like, all right, we've had an amalgam filling. We know the body has the mercury in it. Do we want to go through all this work and process to get it out? Like force the body to get it out? Or do we want to do things that's going to assist the body to hopefully release some of it slowly? Because in my mind, like, if you have mercury toxicity, you probably don't want to get rid of it all at once. I mean, that's going to be mm -hmm. really stressful for the body. It's got to be a slow progression. So it, it's interesting. Um, I, I, you know, I, I know you talked to Jeff about OSR, and I, that's been one thing that I've really kind of dived down. And I don't know if it's the solution. I think, like Jeff mentioned, like how for coal miners that had like you know one to three month exposure, like it seemed to work really well. But for these people that had amalgam fillings. I don't, I don't know if it's the, the solution. I, I think it's, I, yeah, I don't know. I like the mineral balancing. I think it goes slowly over time, although it doesn't feel like it's going slowly because you just have the, you have the brain fog, but with the minerals, you know, replacing the metals, the body from what I've gathered releases slowly, little by little. And yeah, it drags on and it's a two and three year period, but you wouldn't want all that mercury to come out of your brain. Yeah. You might die. Like it might shut yeah. down your organs. Like it's yeah. so toxic and it's going to cause so much distress. Like there's no way you could eliminate that mercury any faster than, you know, years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just wouldn't want, you couldn't do it. Your body wouldn't be able to do it. And you know, you could do a hundred enemas a day. It just would still be too tough. Yeah, it's it's the body's literally saying no. We're not getting rid of this all at once. Like we're we're, we're looking out for you, you know. <laughs> yeah, when I had mercury coming out in my hair test, I I felt awful during that dump too. It was literally probably like there was like a month, month and a half where I was just like, I don't know if I can keep going with this protocol. Like I was just doing the enemas, doing the sauna, and those were helping a little bit. But the mercury when I and it didn't go super high on the hair test, but like we talked earlier, like it was up quite a bit. Where I was like, okay, I probably dumped a lot more than that, and. Those were tough times for sure. And it's still yeah. elevated on my test. So I still think I'm releasing more over time because it's still high on the oligo scan and it's still yeah. relatively elevated on the on the hair test, but it's went down a little bit. Man, it's 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 a tough one. It's, um, you know, like even my father had mercury amalgam fillings. He had them removed and his mercury is still high. Uh, I tested Dr. McCool at the biohacking show. Um, his mercury was high. He told me that he had a, the, the amalgams removed and they did a shitty job. And his vitamin D was low. And, you know, he was like, Jeff, this is, this is, this is crazy. Like I, I get more vitamin D than anybody at this show. And, um, he went off and I was like, yeah, I was thinking about it. And then he came, he was the first guy at my booth the next day. And he was like, Jeff, I know why that, I know why that vitamin D is low on that test. Cause I had an amalgam filling and it, I, you know, we know that vitamin D is compromised by high mercury. Um, also iodine and selenium, but also vitamin D receptors. So, the reason it's not it's not that he wasn't getting enough vitamin D, it's just that the vitamin D wasn't getting into the cell because of the high mercury. So it's unfortunately one of those metals that it's, it, it's very hard to get rid of once you have it in you. Um, and that kind of leads me to, to saying that like, you know, the goal of this is, all, in my opinion, it's always to look at the metals 
first because the metals are usually the reason why a mineral is deficient. Metals block the absorption and the bioavailability of the minerals from being proficient. So I always look at the metals first. Metals are, you know, we the goal is to get rid of these metals as best we can. But in the case of mercury, it's like you can't stress about, you know, you can't put more stress there than what you're already, you know, experiencing. Now, if you've got headaches and you clearly have, de you know, detox symptoms from high mercury, then yeah, maybe chelation is, a, is an answer. Chelation is also pretty hard on the body as well. So you got to be careful. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's always about looking at the metals, but you know, you also got to realize like it's tough to get rid of mercury. It, it, it really is. Yeah. I actually have a, um, a post on my Instagram. I, when I had that mercury dump on my hair test through the mineral balancing after that, I did another, uh, oligo scan and my vitamin D shot up went it from yeah. like 30% to like 70%. So that's clearly yeah. showing that I eliminated some mercury and now I'm getting better vitamin D absorption because I was already taking vitamin, taking the same amount of vitamin D I didn't do. And I live in Florida, I get sun, but it was still low. But then once yep. I went through that elimination, it shot up and I, yeah. yeah, I have a post about that because that, that was really interesting where I was like, so sometimes you can take all the vitamin D you want and stand, I, I get sunlight whenever I want living in Tampa and I'm, I'm out there at least 20, yeah. 30 minutes a day, you know, grounding and it was still low and then um i don't know what my blood test i didn't even haven't looked at my blood test numbers for that in a while but um for sure on the scan i seen it clear as day mercury elimination on the hair test and then boom it shot up so you're right about that it's the metals yeah yeah exactly it's crazy um yeah. so why do we have to know our blood type that's probably going to be a common question someone might ask about the scan what's what's it matter uh, what your blood type is yeah, it has to do with um, the RH antigens, the proteins in each of the different blood types. So when the founder came up with, I guess the, the, the original developer was Brazilian. And um, I believe he started working on the technology in like 2002. And it took year, several years to actually develop the technology, to establish the reference ranges. But um, I, to my knowledge, I believe that it has to do with the RH antigen proteins in each of the different blood types. Um, I've, I've done experiments with changing the blood types and... Um, if you put the wrong blood type in, like the pat the pattern will look sporadic. It, it often looks really crazy, um, which is an indication to me that the blood type's wrong. Um, mm. But yeah, you you really need to know the blood type before you do the test. That makes that makes sense. I was wondering. That's really the only thing you need to know. Besides that, the scan is super simple. You get the yeah. results instantly. I think people probably enjoy that. You know, if they go into yeah. a clinic or whoever their practitioner is. You get the results in literally like 30 seconds. Like it just, you do the scan, boom, 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 boom. And then yep. it's literally just pops up the a whole report. And then obviously you need somebody who knows how to read the report, but you do get the results instead of like waiting for a week or whatever for a hair test or a blood test or whatever. So that's really cool too. Yeah. The fact that it's instant um, is really nice. Uh, definitely an advantage for the test. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I've been doing this now. I've been testing myself for eight years. So for me, it's like, at the beginning, I had no idea what I was looking at, you know? I mean, I, it, it took me like a couple years to just digest all the information that my dad had available for me from his practitioners and clinics around the world. Um, and then, you know, I've had some really amazing mentors like Dr. John Gamble, he's our naturopath uh, distributor in Australia. He's written several books, uh, one of which I have right here. It's called Toxicity. It's called Mastering Chronic Disease, Toxicity, Deficiency, and Infection. This has been like one of my Bibles for this this area. Um, it, this book's amazing. I've learned so much from him. Um, Michael Fesler with Herbalix. Um, he's taught me a lot about the lymphatic system. 
Um, so I've had different mentors along the way, um, but you know, it's taken me some time to really understand this test because when you see the test and you see a bunch of reds, you're like, what do I, what am I looking at here? But um, yeah, it's, it's taken me a while, but I finally feel like after, you know, I've tested over a thousand people, I finally feel like I'm pretty confident in understanding what I'm looking at. Yeah. So with you growing up super healthy, but then it sounded like you, you know, you did the typical college thing, did some partying, was in a, a polluted yeah. city. What did your first scan look like? Oh man, my, my first, yeah. So the first time I scanned myself was December, uh, 2016. That was the year I graduated from Miami of Ohio. So I actually went to school for six years. I, I transferred schools three times, but I, I went four <laughs> years at Miami of Ohio, uh, finished up there. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, I was, I was, you know, living in Oxford, Ohio, a little bubble, little town bubble, right? College town, uh, eating Chipotle every day, um, you know, dining hall food, which was terrible, partying four times a week, drugs, alcohol, stress, lack of sleep, you know, Adderall, like you name it. Um, so I tested myself for the first time and, you know, I was always pretty like, I'm a healthy guy. I would go to the gym. I looked good, but I was like, dad, this is a scam. I don't believe this at all. Like my test is terrible. <laughs> and you know, my chromium was low, blood sugar metabolism. Um, my magnesium was low. My phosphorus was super low. And that is really, if, you're, if you drink alcohol, a lot of alcohol, depletes your phosphorus. Phosphorus is the ATP, the mitochondria of the cell. Um, when you see low phosphorus, it can also be a sign of a parasite. Um, it can also be adrenal stress. Um, but drinking alcohol will deplete it. So my phosphorus was super low. Chromium was low. Um, magnesium was low. My uh, aluminum was really high. And, you know, I used to take, I, I, I had uh, Asian flush syndrome. So every time I drank hard liquor, my face would turn red. Mm. And, you know, as a, as a young guy, I was like going on the internet, like looking up, like, how do I fix this? And, you know, in a blog, they're like, if you take Pepsid AC, it'll, it'll basically... Uh, mitigate that effect and it did kind of work but you know eight years later I look up Pepsi AC it's got like 200 mil I don't know about that but it's got like a lot of aluminum in it it's one of the highest from um, wow. over the counter that has aluminum in it so here we are I was you know popping a Pepsi AC before I would go out drinking four times a week I'm getting my dose of aluminum I'm getting my you know it's just like this whole thing so um, my my uh, cadmium was really high you know smoking so my test was all messed up um, and it took me six, seven years to really fix it. Uh, for the first time ever in October of this past year, um, I had all my minerals green and all my metals were below the threshold line. So it's been constant, you know, experimentation. I mean, I, I test myself probably too much. I test myself like once or twice, once a week, maybe once every other week. But, you know, I've been the guinea pig. I've had to, I've had to, course correct and figure out what works and what doesn't so it's really been a journey but um yeah i'm grateful for all of it you know it's it's language is power yeah i mean it's 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 good for people to hear that like you cannot really just like be willy-nilly with your health anymore like you grew up douglas labs popping supplements vitamins you were still working out even though you were partying like that's how i used to feel like oh i'll drink yeah. a fifth i don't care i'm gonna go to the gym tomorrow and i'm gonna sit yeah. in the steam room or whatever like i thought that was just like cool yeah i'll pop a one a day vitamin you know eat protein and just you know if i eat healthy i can you know have some wiggle room with the drugs yeah. and the party and i can take an adderall for studying yeah. who cares like i was the same way 
And then like later I partied way too much after I got out of college and kind of got addicted to some things. But in general, like I still always tried to make it to the gym. I would still sit in the steam rooms. Like I'm thinking like, you know, this is just counteracting everything. And, and in today's world, that's not the case. I think maybe a hundred years ago, you could get away with probably, they probably drink some more alcohol. You know, they, you know, they probably didn't have a liquor store in every corner, but you know, they probably could drink and their liver could handle it a little bit more. You know, they had more yeah. vitamins and minerals in their food they were eating. But in today's world, if, if you're just, you know, eating kind of toxic seed oils and just, yeah. you know, doing things that deplete your status in today's world, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, the plastics, the xenoestrogens, um, the top water, I mean, it's just like every angle. I mean, so like when I, when I scan people, I'll tell them like, I usually have them fill out a questionnaire sheet first because I need to you know, before I look at somebody's test, I need to understand like how they got there. I need to understand what they're doing because I can't just look at a test and tell you, you know, okay, this is what's going on. Like, you know better than I do, right? So I have them fill out a questionnaire and on the questionnaire, it's like, where do you live? You know, what do you eat? What do you drink? Where do you, um, you know, where are you located? Um, medications, you know, any surgeries, you know, all, all these different questions. Um, so that helps me like understand what I'm looking at. And sometimes I can actually predict what I'm going to see. Not always the case, right? Everybody's different. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we live in a toxic world. So it's just, you know, there's all, it's very complex, right? There's not like a one size fits all approach. And it also gets really difficult because I'll test people and, you know, they'll have some toxicities and deficiencies and they'll get defensive. They'll say, well, my, my water, I have a shower filter. I have, I have a water filter, but it's like, you know, is that filter working? Like how, you know, you, you trust the company that's selling you that filter, but we live in a world now where everybody's addicted to just making money. So it's like, is that filter even working? The cons you do, you think it is, but is it, you know? <laughs> so you, you really got to be the investigator in your life and ask yourself from the time you wake up to the time your head hits the pillow, what am I doing in my day to day? Where could I be coming exposed to all these different things, you know, without going crazy, right? Because we have to be human and live. But that's really, in my opinion, one of the key things somebody can do is just like going through their day and trying to, you know, ask themselves where exposure could be coming in. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are some of those common, what are like the easiest things that you tell people to check? Tap water is usually mine. I usually, you know, I think air filtration is quite of a big deal as well, living in these confined boxes. Like, even if you just get like a good furnace filter and you change that yeah. monthly, like start somewhere with like water and air, just like kind of my big ones to tr not make everyone be as like biohacky and crazy as me where you're looking at every single ingredient. But where do you have people start when you, when you test them? Yeah. So water, number one, for sure. And the, the, the sad reality about water is that it's, it, it, it can be really expensive and it shouldn't be, right? Like clean water should be freaking a given for us, but it, it is not the case. Like municipal water is not good. I mean, there, I just, I was home a couple weeks ago and I was talking to my plumber. He was, I was actually uh, processing a deer and the plumber comes in and I ended, he's a good guy. I ended up chatting with him for a while and we were, we were shooting the shit and he was like telling me how they started replacing chlorine with this chlor, chlor, chloramine. Chloramine, a, yep. Yeah. So it's a it's a cheaper version of chlorine, but what's happening is 
it's eating away the the hex pipes in the plumbing. A lot of houses used to be copper. Now these new houses going up are all, um, they're using these PVC hex pipe plastic. The chloramine is, is eating, it's doing like, it's eating like pin-like amounts of the um, hex pipes out. So it's like causing all these issues for people that have these new houses that are relatively, you know, a couple years old and their plumbing's going to shit. But um, anyway, water is a really big one. So that's, I mean, water's huge, right? I mean, findaspring.org is a great website. I, I really, I use that a lot when I'm traveling just so I can go fill up spring water. I mean, I think you do have to kind of be careful about spring water because if, you know, if the ground's contaminated, then there's a chance the water is. But uh, we could talk hours about water, but water's huge. Um, air, like you said, right? Um, you know, it's sad when you're just like have the windows down driving and, you know, a, a truck goes by you that's muzzler shot and you get a freaking <laughs> fume of cadmium in your face. You know, it stinks, but it's the reality a lot of us experience. Um, so there's some things you can't control, but uh, water. Another thing I'll say too is like, and not everybody agrees with me when I say this, but I, I say it because it's my truth. It's that it's all about reducing, it's about three things, right? Maximizing the outputs minimizing the inputs and provide, providing the building blocks. So if we think about how do we reduce the talk, how do we reduce the, our toxic load of things coming in, right? In my opinion, one of the best ways to reduce a lot of the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, heavy metals is a carnivore diet because a, the, the sad reality is a lot of the, we have to think about the food is being grown in the soil you know, the reality is that they're using bio sludge as fertilizer. A lot of these companies that are growing plants and vegetables are using bio sludge as fertilizer. Not only that, but the soil is depleted, but they're also using chemicals. So it's like a lot of the fruits and vegetables and rice and all these different stuff, it's being grown in shit. So, I mean, what's the cleanest way to reduce all of the pesticides and herbicides and glyphosates from coming in? It's, I think it's eating carnivore diet. Uh, I think it's all, all, you know, I think you got to balance it, but that's one of the best ways, in my opinion, to reduce the heavy metals. I mean, cadmium, for example, cadmium is found from automobile exhaust fumes and smoke, right? No doubt about it. It's also found in chocolate. Uh, lead and cadmium can be highly, highly found in chocolate, just the way they process the cocoa bean. But cadmium also comes from fruits and vegetables. It's from the soil. It's the phosphate fertilizer industry. So the soil is getting contaminated. The fruits are going to absorb what, and the vegetables are going to absorb whatever is in the soil. High cadmium. So, you know, cadmium is a tough one, right? It mimics estrogen. It also blocks the absorption of zinc in our body. So, and it's something that I see, it's one of the metals that I see high in a lot of people. Um, so yeah, it gets, it gets scary, but um, that's, in my opinion, it's just reducing the input. So I, I like the carnivore diet. Um, I also you know, like, EMFs are really important, right? I mean, the simple hack for that is just unplug your Wi-Fi router at night. Um, don't sleep next to your phone. I mean, so many girls sleep next to their phone. It blows my mind, you know? <laughs> it's just like, just like you don't want that shit in your bed. Like, leave it outside. Um, so there's all kinds of little hacks, but those would be the big ones, just reducing the inputs. Yeah, it's funny. I, I Actually, I'm probably... Uh, different. I'm different from the mineral balancing people in a lot of ways. Like I, they, they're pretty strict. Only take those supplements. I'm, I'm a lot different. Although I, the the base I like. Um, they they you know they talk about pressure cooking like 
cups and cups of vegetables every day. And I'm, I'm not really sure if that's key and what, what they're trying to get there is the minerals. And so I get it, the extra, you know, we're doing the mineral balancing, but then the, the veggies are giving you more minerals as well. So I get the, the thought process behind it, but I do eat some vegetables. I just don't eat nine cups full every day. You know, I have pumpkin that I like. I like underground uh, starches for my carbs. And, you know, I do a lot of dates and maple syrup. So I'm kind of more animal based, but I do have veggies. I eat onions and stuff, but um, I like to take um, energy bits, honestly, to cover those bases, in my opinion, instead of eating plates fulls of vegetables, I do the spirulina and the chlorella. And I mean, I think you can kind of get more nutrition from that, but where that lacks is I am a fan of fiber, which a lot of carnivore people aren't. I feel better. I have better bowel movements when I am eating like the white potato sometimes or the cans of pumpkin some dates and having you know acacia fiber or something so i have to do something to kind of i just feel better when i have fiber but i think we used to be able to get a lot of fiber from those vegetables but i just think that they're just sprayed with toxins and they they you know they grab all of them toxins in the soil that you're talking about and it's just crazy how we have to navigate that at the end of the day you you gotta listen to your yourself, right? I mean, you take all this in, right? It's all different perspective, but at the end of the day, it's your life, so you gotta make the decision, and you gotta do what makes you feel good, right? So like everybody's different. It, there's not one size you know fits all approach. It's it's you gotta take all the information and then filter it down to what makes sense for you and what makes you feel the best. For me, it's just eating, you know, it's it's eating meat, and also I, I agree. Like I like potatoes too. Um, there's all kinds of little foods and the, the energy bits, like. I really rely on um, chlorella, spirulina, and cilantro as my, my three green vegetables. That that mm-hmm. like I think I get everything from that. I mean I don't know, but um, they cover a lot of bases. They do a lot of bases, mm-hmm. a lot of bases. So yeah, I think it's like you got to listen to your body. You got to do what intuitively feels right to you. And everybody's different, you know. There, I remember reading that book, uh, Eat Right for Your Type, by Dr. Diadamo, way back in the day, and. It was like, I read the book and I was like, well, I'm pretty much doing the complete opposite of what my blood type is. <laughs> and because and, I'm an A and it's like, you don't need to eat any meat. I'm like, all I eat is meat. And it's like, you know, so I don't know if I really believe that to a T. I do think he had some really interesting points and it goes back to our ancestry, right? It's like, we're all from different places of the world. We probably eat different foods, but I think that there can be different imprints in blood types. So I don't, I don't buy it a hundred percent, but I like I like how it it probably does relate a little bit based on like where we came from. Um, I think it's probably more complex than that, but um, I thought it was is interesting. Pardon the interruption. I want to take a quick break to talk about gut health. With all of the research coming out over the last decade, we know exactly how important the gut microbiome actually is for our overall health. If you're anything like me, then you have struggled with tons and tons of gut issues. I grew up on a lot of different antibiotics. As I got older, I did a lot of partying, drugs, alcohol, standard American diet, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward, I had chronic mold toxicity in line. After that, I really couldn't get my gut to function properly. I spent tons and tons of money on different kefirs, yogurts, probiotics, different things that really didn't seem to work. That is until I found Just Thrive. It's a 100% spore-based probiotic that arrives 100% alive in your gut for maximum impact. It has a thousand times better survivability versus other leading probiotics. It helps support digestive, immune, and total body health. For me, it really helped to beat bloating, gas, constipation, and diarrhea. And it is even clinically proven to address leaky gut in just 30 days. So what I do is I take two caps with my largest meal and it really helps to improve nutrient absorption as well. 
and they are backed by a 100% money back guarantee. So for if any reason it doesn't work for you, no questions asked, you can get a refund. If you wanna try out Just Thrive Spore-Based Probiotics, go over to Just Thrive Health and use code ITP15 for 15% off at the checkout. If you're anything like me in the health and optimization space, you're not only looking for which supplements may make you feel optimal, but also different technologies. The problem with most technologies on the market is they can really burn a hole in your pocket. If you are looking for the most affordable, but yet yet highly effective technologies to help promote detoxification, better sleep, mitochondria function, immune function, look no further than Therasage. I have their portable infrared sauna and I am willing to put that sauna against any other sauna on the market. It heats up quickly. I get an amazing sweat. I've been in some of these really, really expensive saunas and I prefer my Therasage sauna. The new addition that I have in my home is the Therasage PEMF mat. This is a game changer. A lot of people who are dealing with chronic illness and autoimmune conditions could really benefit for at-home PEMF. When you're trying to do PEMF out at a clinic, it can charge like 30, 60, sometimes $100 per session. Therasage has just dropped the most affordable PEMF mat on the market. You can use it daily. It has a TENS mat. It has red light. It's a heating pad. My wife is absolutely obsessed with this thing. It has just brought more energy, mental clarity, and all around overall well-being. I gave up my morning meditation recently and just started laying on the PEMF mat. It's such a great addition to have that with the sauna. The PEMF will help you to release a lot of the toxins and then you can sweat those out via the sauna and you will just feel rejuvenated. So if you wanna try out any of the Therasage products, you can use the code Kaufman10. I will link to their website in the show notes. They have the most amazing affordable technology biohacks on the planet. I've just tried every diet and I like to just listen to my body over time. Yeah. And that's some like, you know, you can yeah. look at genetics and blood type. It's like, what do you feel best on? Especially because we're navigating this new toxic world. And sometimes the amino acids and the, the nutrients in those animal products are, are good for detoxification. So it might be a reason why our heavy meat diets make us feel a little bit better. is just the amino acids that we need for the extra detox support. So there could be, you know, a lot of truth to a lot of these like Ayurvedic and blood type diets, but we're just navigating a different world. So we have to make adjustments yeah. over time and just see what makes us feel good. And uh, let's get back to the test though, a little bit. Um, yeah. I know you kind of wanted to chat about um, kind of like the 10 most common things that you're seeing because you've analyzed what, I think you said at least a thousand of these tests. And so you've yeah. obviously had the questionnaires, you've dropped correlations. So what are like the most common uh, things that you're seeing patterns that you're seeing across the test? Yeah. So, um, I was at A4M last year and I tested a hundred people and out of a hundred people, one lady had a perfect test. And it was funny because before I tested her, I kind of had a feeling she was going to have a perfect test because of the way she carried herself and her energy. I, I just had a feeling, I think she was an NLP practitioner, but anyway, one perfect test out of a hundred people. Um, so it was interesting, but you know, I see a lot of different tests and I'd see a lot of different patterns. So you know, one pattern that I'll see is that somebody is, um, you know, on the illegal skin test, the right side is excess and the left side is deficiency. So we're looking for a, a, a DNA helix looking pattern, right? You want to see some on the right, some on the left, and you want it to go from left to right to left to right to left to right. You don't want there to just be all on the left, all deficient. 
You don't want there to be all in the right excess, right? You want there to be a balance because all these different elements have relationships with one another, you know, ionic bionic mimicry, right? So there's relationships with these minerals. So you don't want everything on the left or on the right or in the middle, right? You want it to be this, this, this pattern. So one common thing that I'll see a lot in vegans is I'll see most of the minerals on the left-hand side. So deficient, particularly copper and zinc, um, very particularly zinc, you'll see low. You'll see um, the vitamins also really low. So B6, B9, B12. Um, usually they tell me that they're vegan, they don't eat a lot of meat. Uh, so that's one pattern I'll see. Um, I'll test other people and, um, you know, they'll be 100 pounds overweight. So they're carrying 100 pounds of fat on their body. Um, I'll see the chromium super low. Chromium is uh, blood sugar metabolism. Um, and then you'll see the boron really high. And it's interesting because boron is the hormonal element. Um, it's necessary for steroid metabolism. So it's not that the person is intoxicated with too much boron, it's actually a defense mechanism. It's the body holding on to the extra boron as a defense mechanism. So I'll see that a lot, that discrepancy a lot in obese uh, people. Um, and then usually you'll see high metals with that. Um, you know, I'll see high mercury with the dental amalgam fillings. Um, usually the, mar the mercury is in the red, it's off the chart. Uh, when I see mercury off the chart, the selenium, the iodine, uh, the zinc are almost always affected. Um, I'll see high aluminum a lot of times. Um, aluminum is, is, I would say, the highest metal that I see in young people. And also cadmium would probably be number two. Um, and then mercury would be for, for older people that have the amalgam fillings. Um, the problem with aluminum is it's depleting us of our, the first six minerals on the oligoskin test, primarily um, silica, magnesium, and possibly phosphorus. I think phosphorus is more related to adrenals and parasites, but um, particularly silica and magnesium. And my, my uh, mentor, Michael Fesler, founder of Verblix, um, he mentioned that the problem with aluminum is that it's, 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 it's disturbing the action resting potential of the cells. So it's getting in there um, and then you combine everybody's severe magnesium deficiency because one of the reasons because we don't have a lot of magnesium in our diets but also um, the increase of emfs uh, it's it's basically increasing our magnesium burn rate so you have the high aluminum which is depleting the silica it's disturbing the action resting potential of the cells um, then you 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 add on the low magnesium to that and the person is, you know, experiencing fatigue and, uh, you know, CFS and there's just, it's issues, right? But the aluminum is really affecting the silica. They are direct antagonist synergists. So the more aluminum we have, the less silica can get absorbed in the body. Um, the interesting thing to note about that is I actually, you know, that was the one metal that I struggled with was high aluminum and I had low silica. And I was like, okay, so I did all this research and I was like, I found this uh, guy and he, he, he's saying, okay, you can make silica water, Dr. Dennis Krause. And so I started making my own silica water because naturally silica used to be in our water, used to be very high in water. Um, so I started making all the silica water. I was making like, I was making like eight bottles of the silica water a day. And it's funny because my girlfriend couldn't stop drinking it. She loved it. Her aluminum was high. Um, I did this for like four months and I'm scanning myself. After four months, my silica barely moved, barely moved. And that was like when the aha moment came to me. It was like, it doesn't, you can give the body all the silica under the sun, 
But if the aluminum is high and if the body keeps getting the aluminum on a daily basis, it's it, it's not gonna, you gotta get rid of the metal before you can, and the, and the mineral should all, almost naturally increase. So it's, it's obviously not that simple. It's a combination of both, right? You gotta provide the body with some silica. You gotta detox the aluminum that you already have existing. But most importantly, you gotta reduce where it's coming in. The problem with aluminum is it's everywhere and it's 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 hidden, right? Pots and pans, cookware, number one, one of the number one sources, um, processed foods, like baking, like baking powders and in, in, in goods like this, processed foods, um, tap water, uh, medications, over-the-counter medications. Uh, I think frozen pizzas have like the highest amount from like the way they process <laughs> cheese. <laughs> Not that I eat a lot of those, but that, that was one of the highest sources. And God only knows it's probably being sprayed in the sky. I mean, I, I try not to live in fear. I, I really try not to like let that get to me. But when I see the aluminum so high in people, you know, it makes me think like, and I've, and I've, I've done the, the test of like waking up in the morning and like, okay, where could it be coming from? I had my espresso machine under watch. Um, you know, <laughs> I had nicotine pouches on. I would do all these experiments, like I'm not going to do this, going to do this, didn't affect it. So I, are they are they spraying in the sky? Probably. Uh, should we live in fear? No, but we got to just understand that that's the importance of breaking a sweat every day. Is aluminum? We get we break down the aluminum into salts in our body, and we and we sweat it out. That's one primary excretion pathway for aluminum. So that's why, like when I test people, like my aunt, for example, and her aluminum is through the roof, and it's red. And I ask her, like, when's the last time you sweated, Jeffrey? I've been sweating seven years. <laughs> There you go, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, that one's I see a lot, hide a lot. Um, I, I guess I'll just say a couple other ones too. Um, I see low iodine in a lot of people. Um, I see high fluoride in a lot of people. Um, fluoride is a halogen, blocks the absorption of iodine in the body. So um, if the fluoride's not high, but the iodine's low, then you gotta look at chlorine and bromide. We don't test for that, but you know, you can ask somebody, like, do you swim in chlorine pools? Do you have a shower filter? Um, bromides, vegetable oil, um, a lot of cheap upholstery and carpets and couches uh, will have, you know, be sprayed with the flame retardant, which is bromide. Um, they actually, st they actually um, started adding bromide to the flour in the 70s. So, you know, bromide, the more bromide you, you consume, the less iodine you have. So that's a direct relationship right there. Um, Another, a couple other ones is, uh, I'll see high lithium in, in people, and it really is interesting. Lithium we know is mood related. Um, you know, a lot of people wear these smartwatches with lithium batteries. I don't know for sure that that's the, the reason, but I've tested people that wear the smartwatch religiously, and you know, it's a couple years old, and their lithium's really high. So that makes wow. me, that makes me question like, is this lithium battery leaking onto their, their hand? And like, I talk about this in my podcast, like I, I, I don't get the, the whole craze with these wearables. Um, to me, it's just like, it's overkill. I don't think we need something like pulsing on our skin, like nonstop, but yeah, I thought that one was interesting. I can't say for sure, but it's, it's an interesting one. Um, and then another one that I see a lot is, is gandolinium. Gandolinium is a rare earth element. Um, you know, you shouldn't have this high in your body. When I see it high, I'll ask the person if they've had an X-ray or an MRI. 
Usually it's an MRI in the past couple of years. Nine out of 10 times, it's yes. It's the contrast agent, agent that they're injecting into the, their body it has the gandolinium in it. So that one is really interesting. Um, when I test people, when I see that high, it's like nine out of 10 times. Uh, it's fascinating. That's crazy uh, um, about the uh, gandolinium. I didn't even know about that. You can't, I mean, I guess you have to get an MRI if you're in there for an MRI. There's really no way around it, but it's just another reason to try to figure out these detox pathways. And the aluminum's super crazy because I feel like uh, in the HTMA world, that's the highest metal they tend to see eliminated as well. And it does so much. It's in the brain, you know, it causes a lot of, for me, after I eliminated a high uh, aluminum dump along with some nickel, I definitely had better brain function. Like it was causing a lot of like short-term memory loss and just issues oh, yeah. of that nature. And um, I'm excited to see as I keep doing like some blood tests. I'm not the biggest fan of blood tests, but I do like it for uh, certain iron biomarkers and it's another thing that aluminum does is it affects iron and how they you know iron you know you know turns into different forms so you can really have like low iron or high iron on a test and you know the aluminum can be affecting that also there's copper and other things that you know keep it in the recycle recycling system and different things obviously there's a lot of metrics but aluminum directly affects iron and iron metabolism so a lot of times people are on these iron pills when really they should have been detoxing aluminum maybe depending on their hair test should have been taking some copper if they were deficient or depending on their metabolic rate so like there's other things you can do before taking these iron supplements because those make a lot of people they have gastric upset they you know they feel terrible they have more fatigue than before they started the iron supplements and they're like when they take them forever and sometimes they don't even work you know the iron never goes up on the blood test because it's something different it's the copper it's the aluminum so they go as far as getting iron infusion sometimes and you know those can be just crazy just dumping that much iron you know uh, excess of iron causes almost everything you could think of like pretty much any issue from inflammation to brain fog to fatigue you want to have that iron in this like goldilocks like little like perfect balance basically and just getting iron infusion is like last resort in my opinion but it's good and then another thing you said is you know i had clark engelbert on the show and he's like a fucking genius in my opinion when it comes to metals he's just he's crazy um He's hard, he's hard to keep up with. He's like a walking textbook. Um, yeah. But uh, he talks about, you know, the it the antagonist. It's good to know the antagonist, like you were talking about with the silica, but you do not just replace one mineral for one metal. You have to basically balance all of the parameters at once. The whole detox system has to be working properly. It's not just like iodine for mercury. And, and it, that really, like rung true for me because I was doing these, like, I thought I had mercury, you know, I went through the Lyme treatment, still having all this brain fog. And I was really wrapped my head around these like mercury fillings I used to have. And, you know, so I was taking like this high dose, like Lugol's iodine. Cause there's like all these high yeah. iodine protocols and people get good results. So I'm not hating on it, but it wasn't like doing what I thought it was going to do for me. So I finally did a hair test and I was still a very poor eliminator of mercury. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm taking all this iodine. Why isn't the mercury coming out? Right. And they're like, you know, because you don't just give one singular nutrient and expect it to just release. It's not that simple. You basically have to balance out all the parameters at once. So I think some people can read into the mineral metal antagonist situation and all the data on that, but then misconstrue like how to actually approach a, de- a real detox. 
Exactly, bro. I mean, that is that is that is exactly it, um, and that's what I learned from taking the silica water, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked I liked making it because it tasted so good. Um, the highest, some of the highest water that has high silica is Fiji, so it tastes really good, right? So the silica water was great, but it wasn't budging my aluminum. And right. um, I've spoken with the founder of OligoScan, and he always reminds me that we can't just you can't just pinpoint certain things. It's it's all in relation to one another, right? So it's it's really about looking at this test in relation to everything. And that's why looking at the patterns are so important. Um, but understanding the fact that just because, you know, you do low iodine, if you take iodine, you know, it might not help. You might have to do it to multi-prong approach, right? You got to address the fluoride. You got to probably address the chlorine and the bromides in your environment. Because if, you know, you're still swimming in chlorine pools every day, you're getting a dose of chlorine and chlorine blocks the absorption of iodine. So um, it's really interesting. I will say too that like the other thing that I've really learned is that, and, and this is like intuitively from my own experience and my own testing, it's like, I, I this is a hypothesis, but I think that like when, you know, the more body fat that we have, Right, the, the 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 more that we get away from our like you know perfect weight almost and, and store fat, I think that the toxins get stored in our fat, and I think that the more toxins we retain, the more excess fat we're holding, and I've seen that in my own OligoScan results. Like I've I've been like like I said like really dialed in and like perfect like like pretty good, and then I've strayed away from that and put on like 10, 15 pounds, and I've noticed that my levels were higher in my, some of my metals. So it's interesting. I, I think it's, it's all about balance. It's, it's, you know, it's really all about balance um, and not expecting that like just taking a bunch of things are gonna course correct. Um, at least that's my, that's my experience. Yeah, uh, and so uh, obviously there's the minerals on there and you gotta kind of understand how to read everything. Uh, yeah. Moving through the, the report here, so like, um, what does it mean if someone has like this blockage suspicion for heavy metals? Is that kind of like lymph flow? It says sulfur uh, conjugation. What, what's that mean if, if it's high? Yeah, so that's really looking at your sulfur in relation to the rest of your minerals. So when you see that ratio high, um, usually it's going to show you the sulfur is, is low. If the body doesn't have sulfur, it can't detox. Same with zinc. So you need sulfur and you need zinc to detox heavy metals. Um, so when the sulfur conjugation ratio, and it's this ratio um, in my own personal test, I've seen it fluctuate from 20, 10% to 75, 80%. So it, it's, it's, it's really looking at the sulfur and the zinc. It's also looking at the heavy metals. So if you've got a lot of heavy metals above that line, um, then usually the sulfur is going to be low, but it's, it's a combination of that. So um, one of my mentors, Mike Fesler, he, he, his explanation for the sulfur conjugation is if you see that really above 60%, it's a sign that the body's having trouble excreting metals, which is usually the case if the sulfur is low and the metals are high. But that's, that's really what that's looking at. It's looking at sulfur in relation to the rest of the, the minerals. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And that's actually back to talking about a point that Clark likes to hammer home is like these sulfur containing amino acids that are only found yeah. within animal products. He's like, like you know, to me, it sounds like the modern world is probably the worst time to try to experiment with these vegan and vegetarian diets. Like I was talking yeah. about earlier, they probably used to work. Well, veganism is a whole different story. You're not getting any 
uh, fat soluble yeah. vitamins. You're not getting any of the cheese or the eggs. So that one's tougher. I, I think very few people thrive on that diet, but vegetarianism, we've seen cultures who really have lived long and done well with that. But as the world gets more toxic, like we're talking about, I think it makes it harder and harder and it kind of forces you into like a more meat based diet because you start eating it and you feel good. You get some of these amino acids and then you can kind of start to, you know, rub the system up a little bit. That's been turned off for a while. If you've been eating plant-based. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. This, the sulfur cluster of proteins, um, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know specifically, but I remember watching, um, a video from Dr. Raymond Palpletz, um, that we have on our members portal for oligo skin practitioners. And he was talking about how important sulfur is. And it just, you know, it's like, what's the, where do you get sulfur? You know, yeah, you can go buy MSM on Amazon, you know, and I've actually, that's one of the only supplements that I've personally experimented with that I've seen it change on the oligo scan is taking MSM um, as, as sulfur. But it's like, where do you get sulfur in your diet? And it, it's from animal-based proteins. So <laughs> it's extremely important. That's interesting. I was actually going to ask about MSM because I used to play around with it and I did think that my joints joints kind of felt a little bit better. But since I've been on the mineral balancing stuff, I haven't really played around with it because I don't know how it'll affect the ratios or anything. But it was, with this being high, I wonder if I played around with it, if it would go down. Because it is high on my scan. It's at like 70% or something. Your sulfur? Yeah, it is. The The sulfur conjugation is at 75%, so relatively oh, high. Oh, oh, the conjugation. Okay, then yeah. yeah. You, well, you want to look at the actual sulfur levels and see if they're high or low. Let's see. It's at 48.3. So it looks like it's actually in the so green. It, is it on the left or the right side? It's on the left, but it's in the green. It's in the green. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, how's your zinc? Zinc is uh, on the left in the green, one thirty-one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it's um, it, it depends on where in the green your sulfur is. Is it like close to the middle line, or is it close to the low low sign? Uh, more on the left. It's not close so, to the middle. I mean, it's it's close to the first line on the left, like under the normal. Yeah, okay. That that's probably why it's showing up at seventy five percent. You you want the sulfur to be more in the middle. That's one of the minerals that you want to be more in the middle. Um, the the closer it is to the left hand side, the higher that ratio is going to be. The sulfur conjugation, um, because that that just shows you how important sulfur is. And I've like it's it's interesting because like my test is pretty stable now, but sulfur is one of the minerals that will fluctuate when I have, when my test gets worse, I'll see the sulfur go down. I'll see the chromium go down and then magnesium, silica, and phosphorus kind of trickle down. Those are the five that really are affected the most for me. And then I'll see a bump in the, some of the metals like aluminum, cadmium, and lead. So it's, it's interesting, right? To like on a week to week basis, those are the minerals that go down and these are the minerals that get higher or metals get higher. So it's almost like, okay, the more cadmium and aluminum and lead that is coming in, that I'm, I'm storing, the sulfur is getting depleted, the zinc's getting depleted, and um, obviously the silica and the magnesium and the phosphorus. So it, it's interesting, right? It's like, I'm still learning from this. I'm still, based on my own test and looking at what, what works, what doesn't. But um, yeah, it, it's fascinating. 
Yeah, it's it's. I like it because it's got similar ideologies to the HDMA because it's like you don't just want to see the the metals high or low. Like mine have been kind of fluctuating back and forth, right? And you know Jeff yep. Hoyt kind of like you know that means you're moving something out of storage somewhere. You kind of want to see them moving around, and then hopefully over time, as you just stay diligent with your protocols, they'll get lower and lower as they fluctuate. But you know if they're not moving them around at all, then they're probably just going to stay pretty stable. I would imagine. And that's what we see on, you know, even the hair test. So you do want to see them moving around. It means that something's getting out of storage and moving somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also forgot to mention one other trend that I see high. And I tested this lady. uh, She was probably in her late 30s about a month ago. And she she was overweight. She said that she was really having a lot of trouble losing weight and her hormones were messed up. I I scanned her. Her antimony was through the roof. And I asked her, I said, what kind of water do you drink? And she said, I, I, I've drank pla- from plastic bottled water uh, for the past 10 years on the ranch. That's just what we have, it's what's easy. And antimony is coming from the PET plastics. So for me, it's like, okay, I scan this lady. She tells me she is having trouble losing weight. Her hormones are messed up. Her antimony is high. Her estrogen is probably being affected from the plastic, which is um, it's showing me. So everything is connected, right? She can't lose the weight because her hormones are disturbed from the plastic that's in her body from from the water. So again, it all comes down to water, and it all comes down to to you know toxicity and deficiency. But um, I thought I shared that one because plastics are such a big deal right now. I mean, I, I remember like about a month and a half ago, I saw this video on Instagram, and it was like. It was a, this doctor talking about how the, the plastic, or, um, sorry, the paper cups are lined with plastic, and the first five minutes you get like twenty five thousand nanograms of like the PET plastic that's lining the cup, and you know it, it, I was like, okay, well that's the last time I drink out of a coffee cup. I started bringing my own stainless steel one, but anyway, um, the plastics are a big issue, and I really believe that as you know, the more metals that we get in our in our day to day, right. Some of that's being stored in the liver, primarily copper, um, copper toxicity. But it's it's these estrogens and these chemicals, and that's also compromising the liver. So it's like the more of these plastics that get in our body, the more of these metals they accumulate, the more EMFs that we have buzzing around us. It, it's just this like perfect storm. So I think it's really about just like being cognizant of like your day to day. Like I said, minim- trying to do your best and minimizing each thing. And I really think people can see a lot of change just from just the elimination of certain things that um, we know are, are dangerous and harmful for our bodies. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize you kind of see, can you see copper toxicity in certain ways on this test? Because I know we have a lot of parameters on HTMA that show it. And I actually, that's another thing about the whole vegetarian and veganism stuff is they are severely low in zinc, but they're eating copper containing foods regularly. So it's like a slow build of the copper that can't be balanced from the zinc. And they don't really realize that. Um, so I mean, they got to, you have to at least be supplementing or fit or going yeah. back to eating animal products. You got to do something about that or the copper is just going to build up. It'll be in your brain, your liver, but are there ways that you can kind of see copper toxicity on the test? Yeah, we, we, we measure copper and zinc. So uh, I see copper toxicity all the time. And Dr. John Gamble talks a lot about this in his book. He's got a whole whole chapter uh, dedicated to copper toxicity. Um, but yeah, I'll see the copper high, yellow, or sometimes red. And then I'll also see the zinc. Usually it's even higher than the copper. And 
that's this concept of the blockade. So what's happening is the, the high copper is actually pushing the, the zinc to the peripheral tissues. So it's showing us that the zinc is really high and the copper is high. Usually it's the zinc higher than the copper, but they're both really high. And that's an indication that the copper is displacing the zinc to the peripheral tissue. And it's almost kind of like a false positive. It's yeah, the zinc is high in the tissue, but the zinc needs to be, it needs to get back to the organs in the body where it is needed. So the antidote to that, would, to copper toxicity, would be to actually take zinc to help chelate the copper because copper and zinc have this antagonist synergist relationship. That's, that's what I um, was taught about copper and zinc. But what, what do you, um, how are people getting the copper toxicity, you said, from vegan diets? Well, it's just, I think a lot, heavy metals play a big role, you know, once the liver, it's, it's a lot to do with the adrenals. So when the adrenals can't send the, the right signals um, to make ceruloplasmin, then basically yeah. the, you can't shuttle the copper around. And then also severe zinc deficiencies. I mean, we've, we've yeah. demonized red meat for 50 years and we eat, you know, even though the soil is depleted of copper, when you're eating, you know, plant foods and just regular foods, you're going to get some copper and then it builds right, up right. over time because the low zinc in the diet. And then another thing people don't realize is we, we talk about the magnesium burn rate quite a bit, but yeah. no one really talks about how the heavy metals stress the system and they cause a severe loss of zinc. So the yeah. zinc gets wasted as well. And so you can be eating this kind of even like how we're talking about uh, kind of carnivore or really high red meat diet and still be severely deficient in zinc because you just started this carnivore diet two years ago. What about the other 30, 30 years yeah. of the heavy metal exposure, drinking out of aluminum cans and eating pizzas? So like, you know, people get kind of confused. I was confused by this because I was like, dude, I've, I was carnivore for a while, but doing keto off and on. I mean, even when I eat carbs, I eat tons of red meat, you know, from white oak pastures. Like there's yeah. no way I could need this much zinc, but it, it's real. You do. The zinc is needed to displace the metals. It's used for, you know, so many systems in the body, very similar to magnesium. It gets overlooked yeah. quite a bit in my opinion, but it's a common deficiency and we give a lot of it actually in HTMA and because of yeah. the detox. Yeah, totally. No, I agree with all that. Yeah. So that's just a thing to look out for. You can eat lots of red meat, but if you haven't been kind of like, you know, doing this since birth, then you've, you've done a lot of damage just from the seed oils and just, just the accumulation of 30 years is, you know, unimaginable to the average person. Yeah. And you know, I'll scan people and sometimes people's tests will be pretty bad. Right. And it's like, I have to remind them, it's like, this is like your whole life, right? It's not like just like yesterday or like today. It's like, this is like a year's worth of like what you've done. So if your test is bad and you know, you ate a bunch of junk food growing up and you know, you drank municipal water your whole life, then you know, it's probably gonna be pretty bad. But um, I always have to remind people of that. Like it's, this is a combination of everything that's, you know, up until this moment in time. So, and it's never too late, right? And like, you know, my test was terrible. I mean, I, I really had a bad test and I, so it's taken me a while, but I've been able to, to fix it and I feel better than ever, you know? So anything's possible. People shouldn't get discouraged when you have a bad test. It's just, you know, it's an opportunity to get better. Yeah, I totally agree. So I know obviously I have my set of uh, <clears throat> mineral supplements and vitamins that I, I particularly like, but what have you seen move the needle as far as what you use for these tests, as far as the deficiencies or the, I know we both like the zeolite powder, but what are some of the yeah. things you've seen move the needle? So... I've experimented with a lot of stuff. Um, 
I mean, like I said, first off, there's no replacement for whole food. So my, I've never, the, the thing that's worked the best for me is beef liver. Raw beef liver has gotten all my B vitamins from re, like B9 red, B12 red to high green. Mm. And it's taken me, it didn't happen overnight. It's taken me years. It may take me three, four years. So my, I'll start with my foods first and then I'll go to my supplements. So beef liver, um, wild game, um, I like bee pollen. I like raw milk, um, spirulina, chlorella, cilantro. Um, I really like sea moss. I'm, I make it myself. So like, you know, it's so crazy, dude. Like there's people selling like jars for like 60 bucks, like jar. <laughs> I make like, I buy like five pounds at once of the raw stuff and I just make like 16 jars at once. If you do the math, it's like a buck a jar. Like I make, <laughs> I make a lot. So I, I've been doing that for like, and I'll add chlorella and spirulina to that. And I love it. I mean, I haven't made it in a while because I've been traveling, but um, I like sea moss. I, I do. I've got to get it from a good source, though. Um, those are like my staples. Um, cilantro, like I said, cilantro is, I really like cilantro. Um, eggs, obviously, eggs are huge, but um, uh, honey, I like a lot too. So that's, that's kind of like food. Potatoes, I do like too. Um, those are like my food. In terms of supplements, um, the ones that I take a lot, I take iodine every day. I I've, I read the Iodine Crisis by Lynn Farrow. Um, that was up there with Carnivore Code. I mean, it's just like with the amount of halogens that we're getting exposed to, I just think it's a no-brainer to take iodine. I mean, if a pregnant mother is iodine deficient, um, their newborn can the IQ of the newborn can be 15 points lower. I mean, like if that doesn't tell you anything, like <laughs> I, I think it's a necessity. Um, so I, I actually make my own Lugals. I buy the Prills and then I, I make it with potassium iodine. Um, so I make my own Lugals. Um, I do like the silica water. Uh, you know, aluminum goes to the brain. Um, it's, in my opinion, I think they said like by 2050, two thirds of the people over 60 are going to have Alzheimer's. Like that's scary, dude. Like aluminum, people that have uh, struggle with memory and brain fog, but really it's like forgetting things. It's aluminum. And you, you know, I encourage everybody to look up Dr. Dennis Krauss uh, with the silica water. And it's really interesting. You can make the silica water for like pennies on the dollar. Like, yeah, pennies on the dollar. Um, so I was making my own silica water. I like that a lot. Iodine. Um, magnesium is great. It's just, uh, I haven't, I haven't found a magnesium that, um, I've actually seen move the needle on the oligo scan. I, I like I like liquids over capsules. That's just my preference. Um, I buy the liquids and then I put them in my water. So I, I like how it, it makes the water taste. I really do. But I think the one of the best ways to get magnesium is the Epsom salt baths. A hot Epsom salt bath once or twice a week with magnesium. Um, I, I love it, dude. Your body is just a sponge. I believe I read somewhere too that like when it comes to magnesium, your body will like, it'll be like a sponge, it'll saturate. And as you get deficient, like your your body will like, it'll know to hold on to more of it. I forget where I heard that, but that's just the can of my uh, mind. Um, okay, um, that's, I don't really mess around with zinc just because I eat a lot of meat and I eat a lot of uh, beef liver, but um, so I don't really mess around with zinc, but um, I'm trying to think of any other ones. That's really, that's really it, dude. Like I'll take MSM to help with my sulfur. Um, but now I, you know, I've got all kinds of stuff in my toolbox. 
But those are like, my, that's my foundation. You know, then I got my ivermectin. I got my hydroxychloroquine for parasites or for the ivermectin. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dabble with um, turpentine, with methylene blue. Um, you know, I've got all kinds of stuff in my, in my medicine cabinet that I'll take here and there that I'll experiment with. But that's my foundation. Um, and then I really like the zeolite. I really like the Jeff Hoyt zeolite. Um, you know, when it comes to zeolite, dude, like it's, a, it's, a, it's the wild west. There's a lot of scammers out there that I, I've learned this. There's a lot of scammers out there. You really gotta be careful. Um, I really like the fact that Jeff Hoyt publishes all the case studies on his website. I've also personally taken it for a month and it's the only thing that's gotten my medals below that threshold line. So I'm optimistic on it. Uh, I really like it. I'm, I'm gonna continue to research it and continue to dose it and, and play around with it. But um, yeah, as of now, I really like it. Yeah, I think I'm like seven months in at least taking it every day. You know, I was doing six tablespoons in the beginning and then now I'm down, I do like three a day. And uh, you know, I'm waiting f for it to show some kind of mineral imbalance or whatever. And so far I haven't seen, seen any of that, um, doing the scan and doing the hair test. So the more I keep taking it and I don't see it mess with my mineral levels at all, then the more I'll, you know, I have an ad for it on the show. I absolutely love it. It's the only binder that I would truly recommend in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, Sam, I agree. Um, there are the homeopathic, the homeopathic route. Um, I haven't personally played around with it a lot. I think that it's really interesting. Um, my mentor, Dr. John Gamble, he, you know, he talks a lot about these in his book and I, I really do want to play around with it. It's just homeopathy has really been shunned by the mainstream in America. It's, it's harder to find, uh, you know, good homeopathic remedies. Um, I also just don't know yet about the dosing, but that's something in 2024 I want to start playing around with is homeopathy a little bit more. When I had um, Lyme and Epstein-Barr and I was seeing Dr. Minkoff, um, he gave me some homeopathics that kicked my ass. So there, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind that he was, you know, he was muscle testing me and everything for the specific supplements he was giving me. And he gave me these little homeopathics and they were you know labeled epstein bar and they were labeled yeah. lime and i took like i it wasn't like an everyday thing it was kind of like i don't know like it was uh like twice a week or it was like there was like periods in between that i didn't take it for sure but i was on a bunch of other herbs and stuff too but yeah. um when i would take those homeopathics i would feel awful it had to be killing off something like I was became a little bit of I haven't played with homeopathics besides that, but that made me a believer that whatever every time I took those tinctures, I felt pretty bad. I was like, yeah. so it's got to be doing some kind of killing of yeah. the lime. So I, he made me a believer, and he's really high level too. So for him to even play around with homeopathics, it's got to be pretty legit. I think there's something there, dude. The, the the you know it's like you look back to like the late 1800s and even before then and um you know then the flexion report rolled around and they went after all these na you know nature paths homeopaths and it's like dude like our grandparents and our ancestors they knew what they were doing like they had these these remedies and like even turpentine right it's like um you know a spoonful of sugar keeps the doctor away like that say dr jennifer daniels claims that that saying came from the plantations where they would literally mix sugar and turpentine and that spoonful of sugar keeps the doctor away. Well, think about it. A spoonful of sugar keeps the doctor away? No, like sugar doesn't keep the doctor away. Turpentine and sugar keep the doctor away. So if you look into turpentine and sugar, so it's interesting, right? It's like, what is turpentine? It's derived from a pine tree, right? What is DMSO? 
it's derived from a tree. So there's all these like, you know, nature heals, right? There's all these different modalities that, you know, usually are derived from nature, some kind of bark or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I think that like, you know, always looking to nature is, is some kind of healing modality is, is probably a good thing. Yeah, what the deal with sugar with the parasites, right? I feel like um, it kind of a, draws them out, right? And then the turpentine kills them. Is that what's going on with that mixture? Yeah, it's like a bait and switch. It's like you like saturate the turpentine on the sugar cubes, um, and you like wait till they're fully saturated. Then you eat the sugar cubes with the turpentine in it, dude. I mean, like I don't know if it, you know, I don't know if it works, but <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, bro. Like I've been doing it for like. I don't do it all the time. I'll do it like intuitively every like, I don't know, every like couple months, like every six months, every three months. And I'll kid you not, bro, like you pop those in, you won't be hungry for all day. Like, mm. All your all your hunger cravings go out the window. I've gone like two days not eating when I've done the turpentine. It's like, and that's just like, that's the, that's the, the reminder and the trigger for, or that's the, like the reminder that I need. It's like, is my are my hunger cravings actually hunger or is it parasites it's parasites (laughs) it's parasites like i mean the turpentine i think it works dude i don't know i think it's probably better for candida than like a hookworm or like a a tapeworm but like yeah i don't know i don't know how you explain that you know how why the hunger goes down but yeah i've eliminated a lot i mean tons i have some nasty photos on this mineral balancing protocol of parasites because i think once you once you get to the deep storage of the metals and you get rid of those the the parasites just come out naturally but when i in the moments where i was eliminating the most parasites i would have the most sugar cravings like i would just be like i want some chocolate or i like or i would overeat even if it was healthy food or i wanted maple syrup like i wanted something sweet added on top of my normal like just what i eat and then the next morning there would be like parasites in the toilet i'm like well that that, there's there's my hunger cravings and my sweet cravings right there like it was just killing off you know all these bugs i had in my system so then therefore they're sending signals you know of whatever and i would feel really lethargic and tired at the same time as well but you're probably right if you're doing that turpentine old school remedy you're probably you know you're getting the sugar to hook them and then it's killing them off and then there goes your hunger craving so it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah it's an interesting one <laughs> it's you know it's just like i enjoy like playing around with this stuff like it's you know it's like taking something and seeing how the body reacts and sometimes it's positive sometimes it's negative and you know like i i, I heard on a podcast the other day it was like take niacin and I've played around with niacin in my past, but like I took niacin the other day and I went for a run and like I thought I was gonna like freaking die, dude. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, yeah, this one's not for me. Like you can keep your (laughs) niacin, I'm good. But you know, it's just like experimentation, you know? It's like, that's how we, that's how we learn. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how do someone, how does someone find an oligo scan by them? How do they, you have, basically you have to be in person to do a test unless, I don't know if you're like shipping these out at all, but basically it's an in-person test. So how does someone find someone near them for an oligo scan? Is there like a find a practitioner website or anything? Yeah. If you just go to the oligoscan.com, um, and then you click on find nearest provider, um, you basically just fill out your name, um, your, your zip code and a little message and uh you basically submit a ticket and i get back to you within 24 hours and uh, i send you the closest locations based on your zip code oh okay so you're the guy in charge of that even cool because yeah. i'm assuming it's probably is it pretty easy to find like in the bigger cities now is it gaining popularity 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we're our network's pretty good. We're in a lot of different. Um, you know, we're almost in every state. Um, we lack a little bit of uh, providers up in you know the Montana Wyoming area where there's not many people um, per square mile. But near the cities, we've almost got every city covered. Not every city, but a lot of the major cities are covered. Um, so yeah, we've got a pretty good network. I usually you know. Me and my team, we usually send you know a couple different locations, so you can you know go to the website and, and choose the best provider based on your location. Cool. What's the typical cost? Is I mean, I'm sure every practitioner has their own cost depending on how you know uh, Doctor Minkoff would charge something different from another functional practitioner because he's so busy and so popular. But like, what's like the average cost? Uh, I think the average cost is about 150 dollars. Sometimes yeah. it'll be a hair lower. Um, if, you know, if you go out to you know California, it can be a little higher. But I think 150, 190 is like that. That range is usually what average test costs. But it really yeah. just depends. On, it really just depends on the clinic. It's not bad at all if you think about how much you can spend on some functional uh, lab work or you know stool testing or hormone panels. Like you can you can get a lot of data for 150 to 190 for sure. Yeah, I mean, most blood tests cost like 300 minimum, I'm pretty sure. And hair tests are right around. Be way more sometimes. If it's like, depending on how much stuff your functional practitioner wants to look at with that blood test, it can be $1,000. Like, it just really depends on how much they're trying to look at. Yeah, yeah, it it can really get up there. So, I mean, I I, I think it's an amazing test, you know, especially for looking at mineral deficiencies and and metal toxicities. Um, I, you know, I really look at it for those two things, right? Like, and you also have to consider like all these different tests are going to tell you something different, right? So it's, it's, I think that like, it's, it's really about looking at the whole picture. Um, and this is one, this is one view of that lens, right? It's, it's giving you one view of the intracellular levels, but I'll tell you, man, it's, it's, it's fascinating because I'll test people and I'll have them fill out the questionnaire and then I'll test them. And, you know, it's like, you can really uncover why somebody is a, why somebody has a particular situation just based on their lifestyle. And a lot of this comes down to lifestyle, environment, diet, water. Um, and sure, hereditary is also going to play a little bit of a role. You know, some people I've tested have great tests and they don't, aren't that healthy. Like every now and then, not everybody, but like some people's genetics just, you know, they're better detox fires. They're, they're, it's just, it's just true. So I think it really, it always depends, right? But um, yeah, when I, you know, I, I've really validated this test in and of itself just based on things like the mercury amalgam, the, the gandolinium, the vegan diets, doing, seeing all these patterns and sure enough, the person's telling me exactly what I think they're going to tell me. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. There's a few more things at the bottom of the test. Do you hold any weight with those like enzyme status, metabolism? Do you, you um, check that out quite a bit or do you think that's, you know not as relevant as just like the minerals and the metals? Yeah, so I I like to, usually what I'll do is I'll, when I get to the third page, I'll ask them, you know, after I've explained everything, I'll go to the, the, the last page and I'll ask them like, um, you know, do you think your immune system's a little compromised or just some of the things are like skin or uh, whatnot? I'll go through the different physiologies and I'll ask them like, if, do you think this makes sense? But really those each of those little ratios there, it's using particular minerals and metals. And it's basically just showing, it's the algorithm is using particular minerals and metals. So like zinc is in almost every single one of those ratios. Same with iodine, um, same with magnesium. So if the person's low in zinc and they're low in iodine, then they're probably gonna, if, let's say the zinc and the iodine are red, most of those ratios are gonna be red. 
So mm-hmm. it's really just looking at particular minerals, but you know, sulfur, zinc, iodine, those are a majority of, um, they're in a majority of those processes, or those ratios. Yeah, it makes total sense. The people just really don't understand how much the minerals just regulate everything. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It I, I try to hammer it home as much as I can because yeah, and- the more I you know I've been studying this stuff for like you know seven years ever since I quit partying and everything and tried everything and the the main thing that's moved the needle for me is just getting my minerals in order. Yeah, and the best way to do that is to get the minerals out, break a sweat, yeah. exercise focus on your diet focus on things like i said inputs coming in because the more you can address those metals the root cause the more the minerals will rebound on their own but you know you still got it if you're not getting it in your diet you got to supplement with it you know so it's it's this it's this dance right you gotta be you gotta bring both sides to the, to the party you know for sure is there anything else we left off uh from the test that you think is relevant or people need to know about the test uh no, I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, um, like I said, fluoride is, you know, is not something we want. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I see it high in a lot of people and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not really beneficial to the body in my opinion. Um, I think we've covered a lot of other things. The only other thing I'll mention is, uh, you know, what's interesting is I see the sodium potassium ratio. Um, I see that low in a lot of people, nine out of 10 people. And part of me thinks that it's probably because, um, you know, we're not getting a lot of potassium in our diets compared to sodium. So that's probably one. Two is I think we're probably, a lot of us probably, our adrenals are probably overtaxed. Um, and then three, you know, the aluminum we know is affecting the sodium potassium and those first six minerals on the test. So it, it, the aluminum is disrupting the sodium gated the channel. So I think those three combination um, probably is why nine out of 10 people have that ratio low, but I'd be curious to see or hear how you um, have experienced that. Yeah, I, um, with like the hair tests, we the sodium potassium ratio is like one of the main things that we focus on and it's not what people think as far at least far as the hair test is like they're like well i take these electrolytes and it's like it's not as simple as that we kind of use if someone has a high sodium potassium ratio we only give them zinc and then if they have a low sodium potassium ratio uh, and we want to boost it up then we'll give them a zinc to copper and also some manganese in there so like some sodium synergist and you know that can be kind of confusing for people because we're moving the whole mineral system in a different way instead of just saying you should eat you know more bananas or you should eat yeah. you know more you should have more salt in your diet which I love a good I have I use relight electrolyte powder I salt my foods with good Redmond sea salt like all that's great and I think you get a bunch of other minerals uh, within that but you know we're moving these ratios with all of the minerals combined not just singularly looking at the sodium or the potassium because that's not the whole picture and you can also see those fluctuate kind of similar to what you said like within like toxic metal dumps so like when i dumped some mercury in the beginning my potassium went off the chart so you also can release some of this potassium like excess potassium as well and it'll come back into balance and then um like as i dump some aluminum the ratio shifted real crazy as well so like that that sodium potassium ratio is definitely affected by the metals by your zinc by your copper some manganese there's a lot of factors that go into playing around with that and it's not as simple as just taking like you know element or electrolyte powders the metals matter the minerals matter as a whole system 
That's the short answer for our entire conversation. It depends and it's all related. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the minerals are in a delicate system and they have not just direct antagonisms with one another. They also have second and third order effects on other minerals within the system. And then vitamins come into play with that as well. So we'll give certain people who have fast oxidation or a faster metabolism certain um, vitamins and minerals in comparison to someone who's more into a slow oxidation, they'll get different sets of, uh, vitamins and minerals to move these ratios in the, in the, in the way that we want. And the closer we can get those ratios and the actual levels to, uh, optimum, the more you'll see the metals move out because as you just correct the system, but it doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes the test can look better and the person can feel worse, or sometimes the test can look better and the person can feel worse. I might've said that backward, but vice versa, basically. It can yeah. it can look better, the person can feel worse, or it can look worse and the person can feel better because it's just, there's a lot of retracing that goes on. As you move the toxic metals around and manipulate the whole system, you can do some retracing because you went through a lot of different mineral patterns and stress patterns to get you into whatever burnt out state that you're currently in. So as you remineralize, you're going to go back through those patterns. It doesn't just go into perfect. You can dump excess calcium, excess iron, excess manganese. A lot of these ratios shift and you got to have an actual practitioner who knows what that means, or yep. they can just look at it and say, Oh my God, your, your copper is really high. Like, are you know, they might investigate like, copper in your diet well it's like are is, is are they eating more copper or are we releasing the excess copper so it's like yeah. you got to have somebody who's really paying attention to these ratios whether it's on this scan or it's a hair test who knows how to interpret the data basically and that's what you pay for yeah exactly exactly and that's so important it, it, the interpretation is so important and that's really been my role at oligo scan it's been you know, I'm not an expert, but I, I know I know a little, I know a thing or two about this. So my my real role has been to educate and provide our clinics and, and practitioners with as as many resources as possible. I mean, a lot of these a lot of these clinics and or you know naturopaths or homeopaths or, or you know MDs, a lot of them already have their own protocols in place and are fine. But some of them, you know, are, are new and they're not they're not too acclimated. So I'm trying to help them make the most sense of this test using the knowledge that I know that I've learned from other doctors and naturopaths. So um, that's been my goal because at the end of the day, you know, we can get the test done, but can you understand what it's showing you? And that's the million dollar question. And that's what I've been working on the past eight years. It's like, okay, what is this test trying to show me? And you got to crack the code, you know, and it's it's not always just take this, take that. It's like, you gotta dive into why, what is causing you or your, what from your environment or what this or that is causing this to manifest in reality. So it's, it's really about like, you know, diving deep and, and using critical thinking to understand how we got here. Harder, you know, easier said than done, but. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, it's important. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you right now with the hair stuff because like I understand how to give someone a protocol, but I really think it'll take a year or two and then you'll still be learning from there. But like to actually be able to explain it, to know every reason behind everything, like, yeah, I can look at my notes and give someone the proper protocol and do all of that and explain it pretty well. But I think it'll take two, three years of like you know, getting, you know, looking at a bunch of tests, having to explain it over and over in consults to really grasp like how deep all of these systems work with each other. It's, it's actually quite bizarre. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, it's taken me years to get to where I am and mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it's just been 
testing people and, and learning, you know, I've had to really reach out to people when I don't know anything about a particular metal or mineral. So, but yeah, you know, it, it stick it sticks with me because it's interesting and it, it really matters. So, um, yeah, it's been fun, dude. I, I love this stuff. It's, it's, it's really diving deep, you know, I, you're not, you're not learning about this stuff at your regular doctor. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> you got to take control of your life and you got to just do your own research. And, um, yeah, I, I, I try to have fun with it. Yeah, me too, man. I, I really enjoy this stuff and I'm, I'm glad, you know, even though we have different perspectives kind of on the same wavelength with it all and yeah. trying to figure, figure it all out. Um, Definitely. cool. So let's jump into, I know people can work with you as far as hunting goes. I really want to touch on this just for a minute before we get off here. And you, you yeah. said you really enjoy hunting and you're taking people out hunting. Um, how has hunting kind of impacted your life and what are the hunts that you take people on look like? Yeah, dude. I mean, hunting for me has been, it's, it's like my long lost passion that I recently found. Um, it's just like, for me, it's, it's connecting with your food directly, right? It's also like providing. And, um, I've learned more from hunting than any textbook or any class that I've ever took. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of great mentors along the way. I mean, Monsal Denton's one of them. He, uh, founded Sacred Hunting and I moved down here and I learned a lot from him and, uh, was part of that organization for a little bit. Um, so he's, he's really an amazing guy who, who really introduced hunting to me. And, um, then, you know, I worked in Hawaii on some ranches and, um, got some exposure over there. Um, and you know, I've applied a lot of the hunting skills that I've learned, um, to, to going out hunting, but you know, dude, it's like the thing about hunting is you learn something new every time. I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, right when you think you've got it dialed in, um, you know, you might miss a shot and then it goes back to square one and then you under, you got to learn why you missed a shot. And, um, you know, I love archery. Archery is like my favorite. Um, but you don't really want to start with archery because, you know, you, you want to get comfortable shooting an animal with a gun. It's, uh, for the sake of the animal, right? Like it's archery can be difficult, you know, especially if you get out, you know, 30, 35, 40 plus yards. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot it's a lot more uncertain, right? You got to really be dialed in and practice. But I really like to start with uh, rifle and just making sure that you can kill an animal in the most humane way possible. Um, but you know, a lot of you know, the goal is to to, to take an animal's life in a quick second, right? The animal is is dead relatively quick, and they don't have to suffer and uh, go through a lot of pain. So that's the ultimate goal. Um, but yeah, I take guys out, teach them how to obviously hunt, but also my big thing is teaching guys how to process the animal. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat, but uh, I really enjoy it, man. It, it really gets me closer to the food. Um, and I, I, the way that I do it is I take the whole skin off first. So you can use the, the you can tan the hide and I've done that. Um, and then, you know, I also like to make skull mounts, or they call them European mounts, but it's like, you know, if you shoot a deer, you make the, the head mount uh, directly from the animal yourself. So it's really cool. It's like a really, it's like a hands-on project. It's awesome. Um, but the way I do it is I process all my own meat myself. So, um, you know, you, you skin it, you gut it, and then you quarter it, and then you go from there. You can either, you know, cut the, the, the quarters into steaks or grind it up and, um, it's really fulfilling, man, when you go from, you go out in nature, you're with the animal, you take that life, um, you know, you thank it, you honor it, you have reverence for that animal, that, that sacrifice that's going to actually feed you. Um, and then you take it back and you process it all yourself and then you have your meat in your freezer for the next three, four months. I mean, there's nothing more gratifying than that, in my opinion. Um, it's also the most nutrient-dense food. And um, every time I go out, I try to 
try to learn one or two new things about like an you know an organ that I can use or um, a different way to maybe process it because there's there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, but it's been super, it's been amazing, man. Like I, I've been hunting for the past month and it's just like all I want to do. I just, it, I love being out in nature. And like I said, you, you just, you just, you just go in nature and, and, and listen and just, you know, get off the phone and, uh, you know, think about Sometimes you can think a little too much when you're out hunting for a while, but, <laughs> but it's fun, man. It's great. But yeah, I, I take people out and teach them how to hunt and process and, um, here in Austin, Texas. So I really like it because we can go out to hill country. Um, hill country is great because you have a lot of access deer and exotics. So a lot of the, some of the ranches will have low fences and here in Texas, um, access deer can jump over low fences. So you, you get a lot of the access deer just roaming out. It's favorable conditions out here in Texas. So you can hunt them year round. Um, also you can hunt hogs as well, but the access deer is my favorite. So, um, yeah, looking forward to doing a couple of trips and, uh, in the new year coming up that's dope and so do how many people usually go out there with you and you know how do people like uh, get in contact you with you if they want to go out there yeah i try to keep it small like you know one to three maybe four max um but you can go on my website and uh and send me an email it's inimana.com uh, a-y-n-i-m-a-n-a-m-a-n-a.com um and yeah, I usually do small trips, just like Friday, Saturday, smaller trips, um, you know, everything's included, but uh, it's a blast, dude. It, it's really fun. We go out there and, and hope, hopefully harvest animal. You know, one thing about hunting, like nothing's guaranteed. So, um, you know, it's like taking an animal, it's, 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 it's a gift, right? It's a gift from nature. So, um, but you know, I've, I've gotten decently good at it and preparing and, you know, giving us, ourselves the best shot, but it's fun, man. Yeah, that's dope. Like I told you before we jump on the show, once I get every all this new business and everything settled the next year or two, I really want to get into hunting. And um, the I've actually uh, looked into the sacred hunting stuff and just just kind of glanced over it. So maybe maybe I'll hit you up and what the head out there. And is it easy if I if I take down access deer? Pretty simple to like ship it back over here to Tampa. Um, shipping meat can get a little expensive, but uh, so ideally, like <laughs> you you can ship it. It just gets a little bit pricey. Um, but you can ship it. Yeah. Ideally driving is better, but yeah, if, if, if worse comes to worse, you can ship it. Another great way to do it, honestly, is, um, like I just, is when you fly, you just bring two suitcases and you can basically just check those bags. And if you can freeze the meat beforehand, um, it, it's really great. Like I just came from Pittsburgh and I just had 50 pounds of the deer that I shot in, in the suitcase <laughs> and you, know, you wrap it in freezer bags, but, um, for these trips, we'd probably have to send it to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, for anybody that's interested, you know, Monsell has a, his, his company is Sacred Hunting. Um, and he's, you know, that's, that's who taught me. That's where I started. He's got a great organization as well. So either of us, um, it's, it's a great place to start. The important thing is just getting out there and, and getting some experience because once you do it, you uh, tend to be hooked. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll really enjoy it, and you know, as I get older, I want to get back into the hunting for sure. So I have to hit you up. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, man. Uh, you kind of mentioned some websites and stuff already, and uh, I'll have you send me over some uh, all the links, and we'll put it in the show notes too. But just for anybody listening, yeah, uh, my Instagram is just my name, Jeff Leon, J E F F L I O O N, and then I've got links to my podcast, the Intercellular Podcast, um, theoligoscan.com. 
Um, and then my, my hunting business, Ainimana, and that's all my Instagram. So that's probably the easiest way to find me is just Instagram. Cool, brother. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm sure I'll probably, I think I'm going to head out to the biohacking conference again. It's out there in Texas. So I'll probably see you out there. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll be there, bro. Yeah. Hopefully we can, well, we'll link up for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, stick around while I uh, close out the show here. Sounds good. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends. Oh,